just a good old boy, never meaning no harm. Beats all you never saw, been in trouble with the law since the day they was born. Good old boys. I'm Mark. Bogby. Fredo. Still got it? Never lost it. Let me get that money. <laughs> uh, everybody's everybody keeps asking me about Aubrey Plaza. Why? I didn't know who I didn't know who this B was until like uh four hours ago. Now I got guys with like uh Hitler avatars that are like, how dare you say that about? <laughs> Uh, there's a guy, one of these, one of these guys had like this super right wing Twitter. He's like, you sh- uh, certainly you haven't seen season three of, of, uh, whatever TV show she was on. I was like, <laughs> oh no, I haven't. And how have you, do you know who this was? <laughs> do you, you know, it, it's really common if you have like, a, um, like, well, I like say, for example, according to Vanity Fair magazine, the underground political podcast. Mm-hmm. An influential one, uh, and you you just log on one day, and your and your colleague has, has made the statement that ends ends your career, right? <laughs> that happens all the time, but it's usually not this. I don't I don't know why this is the thing. Yeah, like what I, I like um as uh you know I thought I was I thought I was in the uh in in the safety tree you know the um I thought this was uh, this was home cooking. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I, there had long been this sort of um, one of these generalized uh, things in right wing politics that sort of like uh, bitching about the the fact that female celebrities don't have this like super high beauty bar. Like, uh, you must be this beautiful to like to be. And, and if you could, you ever see these Twitter accounts that are like. Um, old school cool or old Hollywood. And mm-hmm. it's like, and these people are like, um, uh, they don't look, they don't look like Aubrey Plaza. Like Aubrey Plaza. Like the thing is like, um, <laughs> and people are like, and like, I just get these 10 million things. And, but they always, they never say like, no, she's stunning. She's stunning. I never get that, which is like, uh, but they say, they say, well, she kind of looks like, and it's like, yeah, it looks like some chick you work with. Uh, 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 that's the point. That's not what, like, you know, if we got, well, people know, but uh, when you film a TV show or make a Hollywood movie, there's lots and lots of money and all kinds of, there's a billion people behind that camera making this happen. So you don't, you don't, you know, uh, we don't, we don't want, want like just the average person to be in front of that camera. We would rather have somebody that's easier on their eyes. That's what I thought that this, the whole theory was, was about this, right? <laughs> where did this whole discourse begin like you like you weren't the genesis of this right like weren't you commenting on something else yeah or do you not want to say yeah this it was about zendaya who's got one of these names like um i don't even know what that is i don't know it's like uh, this is like uh she's the, an actress in the new dune movie which i haven't seen um yeah i mean her the thing with her is uh, you, you 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 don't know you've never seen the pictures of Zendaya, Fredo. This is a this is a person's name. Is it a first name or last name? For, uh, I, I, think I think it's it, one of those things like or is it like share? Yeah, yeah, I like think it's that. like share. Uh, anyway, she's like the the uh, the top it zoomer would be, beauty it would be of great Hollywood. If it was like Zendaya Smithers or something like that. Though, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, she's like the zoomer beauty queen. Um, 
By the way, Bog, be close. I pulled it up. Zendaya Coleman. Coleman. (laughs) (laughs) That is Zendaya. Uh, uh, It's not that she's not like a beauty queen or whatever, because there have been actors and actresses who aren't, but she's not even very good looking, period. So she's like on a different level. Like Aubrey Plaza is a pretty girl. If if you if you like if you, what do you mean? Uh, not, you don't think so? I mean, like, in, remember this is the thing is uh remember in terms of people that get paid for being super good looking. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying, if you saw if you saw Aubrey Plaza at the food line, you'd be like, that's a pretty girl. If you saw Zendaya, you'd be like, yeah, okay, see you later. It's it's the seed oils. All our standards have changed. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about this with um. Mr. Beast. Do you ever see Mr. Beast? Yeah. I the, only learned about this person due to the controversy. I saw um um uh Red Scare Anna has this thing about um she uh she posted uh what's uh who's the other guy on the Splash Brothers? Steph Curry and uh by the way, Splash Brothers would be a great name for like a gay uh <laughs> <laughs> You'll be like like a gay uh, uh, team. <laughs> Even Clay Thompson. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're listening to the Dissident Right Gay Podcast with the Splash Brothers. Uh, uh, yeah, so Clay, Clay Thompson, so she's got this thing that, that Clay has a, a very classical look. He looks like, um, like people looked like in statues and stuff like that, he, like an old world guy. You know what I mean? He's got hmm. this look. Okay. And, um, you know, especially his nose and stuff like that. Uh, Roman nose and all this kind of thing. Well, uh, Mr. Beast and like, I, you know, I, I, I get that, you know, but like Mr. Beast is like the exact opposite. There is no human being born before 1980. looks like Mr. Beast. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> He's like a new phenotype of human being. Yes. <laughs> like almost seen oil. This is like Brandon saying. Whatever race he is, like, is new. It's a new thing. It's kind of like uh, there's an accent that is like um, when I first started, you know, watching uh, random YouTube videos and stuff. I would hear like this weird ass accent, and I'd be like, "Where is that?" And then, like, eventually, you figure out oh, it's just like it's like a nerd thing, sort of like how. Uh, well, it's like how the mid. I mean, that's Lindy though, right? Because like in the mid early twentieth or really early twentieth century, there was the mid American accent, which they just made up out of nowhere for movies and TV and stuff. Yeah, it's, it's which is like um, mid mid Atlantic accent. I think it's called right because the joke was yeah mid Atlantic. The, the only place people uh, speak it is in the middle of the Atlantic. Right. <laughs> it's kind of like it's not, it's not quite British and not quite American. Yeah, Clark Gable kind of stuff. Yeah, the uh, the whole uh, accent things are, are yeah. Of course, you've had like immersion accents, like the surfer accent, which uh, surfers are. Um, I used to hang with lots of surfer guys for a variety of reasons. Like one things about it, um, first off, they smoke pounds of marijuana. I don't know why you have to do that, but like every single sur- surfer just is like pounds and pounds of marijuana. But um, also they uh, you know, they travel. Like the whole thing, the whole point of like being a surfer guy is like you're you're kind of like the you're a rambling man like um you you know woody and you got your surfboard and that's and your clothes on your back and that's it right well yeah you got to be on the move because um you know you know like uh, like you're not looking for a career you're looking for a job 
for the winter. <laughs> you know, you're looking for a job for the summer. Uh, and these guys do this like their whole life. They're in their fifties and stuff. And like, uh, you know, they, they work, they'll, it's not the worst life in the world. But like, uh, you know, they'll, during the winter, they'll go work on the mountain and snowboard in the summer. They'll go, they'll go, uh, you know, work in, um, Costa Rica. That's a big one. They'll go yeah. like get some tourist job in Costa Rica and just to, you know, get a house with a bunch of friends and they'll all just surf. Yeah. Yeah. When I was in Peru, like, um, you run into the different varieties of, um, when you're traveling the world, you you sort of run into the different varieties of expat. And one of them is like, there was just like a house of like, you know, uh, 30 surfer guys living in downtown Lima because like right outside Lima, the big city there, there's like a, um, there's like the world's longest left-hander. And so they're just there. They're not, they're not trying to become Peruvian. They're, they like, they don't really give a shit like where they're at. It's just like, Oh, this is where the waves at. That's where you got to be. And that, they, that reminds me <laughs> different scenario but do you guys remember that video that went viral for a while that was like no guatemalans just vibes <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sorry Bob. go ahead yeah and so uh that like whatever that is whatever these guys are doing it becomes like an ethnicity with its own accent and all this kind of shit and you have that now <laughs> Zoom, so, so zendaya is an example of a new phenotype of person Maybe I don't know. Uh, and and, and how, how did the subject get on Aubrey Plaza? Well, by the way, so you know, yesterday, you know, this isn't something I just came up with today. So yesterday, I posted pictures of Zendaya next to who is the black girl in the um, Kanye West slow jams video? I have no idea. Oh God, she was beautiful. Um, and I think she's mixed, but she just looks super black. Uh, I mean, she's she's dark skin. Uh, but, uh, someone in the audience can help me with that. But anyways, and I was like, it was just like zoomers, you know, you don't have to be like this. Like they, if you, there's 300 million people in this country, you can pull up people that are easy on the eyes. Aisha Tyler. Remember her? Oh yeah. 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 I do remember her. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very yeah, yeah. easy on the eyes. Beautiful lady. Yeah. I'm just saying like, you don't remember. The thing is like, this is a choice. There's 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 a zillion people and there's a zillion people in L.A. trying to be in the pictures. So yeah, there was a there was like this I don't know viral weird meme just just like a regular a, a regular an attractive woman young woman ordering from like a taco truck right? Yeah 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 yeah. And, and, and you know people were you know, men were falling in love with her and stuff. It's like she was more attractive than a lot of the movie starlets or whatever today. I mean, but I, I think like this is a really, like, this is a top down thing. It's not that like Zoomers are saying, yeah, Zendaya, that, that's my thing. It's like the people who are in charge of, of picking who's going to be the next thing, they're intentionally picking people like her. I mean, that just that sounds mean because whatever, she's a person. I know, but they, they, they've, they've always done this, right? Like, look at fat, look, look at the fashion industry. Yeah, but the people know. who make the de- people who make the decisions about what's hot and what isn't aren't attracted to women. Yeah, but you used to have horny guys that were movie directors, and they would kind of like, um, who's the guy that made the first Dune movie? The first Dune movie, David. Lynch. Oh, da- Lynch, Lynch, yeah, Lynch, yeah. Lynch, like 
you know, he makes sure all the women that are in his movies are very easy on the eyes. Very easy. I I don't know. I don't I don't watch I guess I think here's one of the few situations where I wish that like I was more tuned into pop culture right now because like I wanna say that there it seems like it's kinda like you know we were talking about how they're the movie like Actual movie stars, people who would you who fulfill the role you would call movie star. There's not many of them left under like forty. Like there are there are under people like who, sixty. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like I wonder, it, it kind of like the the beautiful movie starlets. It feels like that they're really top heavy too. Like women in their forties, right? And that the 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 yeah the 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 uh, farm leagues aren't aren't exactly inspiring a lot of confidence. There's that Australian girl. She's beautiful. The one in Barbie, Margot yes. Robbie. Yeah, yeah she's yeah, beautiful. Yeah. And like, there are some other like there's Sydney. There's the that Sydney Sweeney. Yeah. And, and uh, for so, like, I, I I'll see her name pop up in the media. Like they hate her. Yeah, because her parents uh, like Donald Trump. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. I just didn't. I didn't understand this was such a controversial take. Like I didn't. I didn't either. But man, you you hit the hornet's nest. You know, you like uh, if you don't think that all I'm saying is if you don't think this woman that was on his TV show is like um, super hot, then you agree with me. You well, agree with me here. There's another part to this, too. Like, I feel like the way that television and movies are made and maybe I'm repeating what you guys already said, but in a different way. But. Uh, they don't use like that. The fact that the people not, I mean, just, you could even forget about the women, just the people in the show period are like attractive is not a selling point. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm not even talking when I'm talking about the way things used to be. I'm not talking about like Russ Meyer movies or something. I mean, like, <laughs> like, uh, you could still have a movie with, it's like, you know, a quote unquote, like more serious movie, but part of the attraction is that everyone looked good on the screen. You know what yeah. I mean? That's just not part of the sales proposition anymore. It's not a factor. Uh, we watched, I told you guys, we watched Basic Instinct recently, and uh, I'd never seen this movie. It was made in, like, the early 90s, and it was the um, it was the horniest movie I've ever seen. <laughs> it was, it was, it was uh, they went hard in the paint in that movie. Uh, they did stuff that I did not think you'd get away with in like 1993 or whatever. And, uh, you know. Was that the one where Robert uh, Redford offers the guy a billion dollars? No, no, that's indecent. This is the <laughs> no. one where Michael Douglas is a coked up L.A. police detective who, uh, who, sh who he is shot. Uh, shot people who were unarmed in the past. Uh, he date rapes his police psychiatrist, and she enjoys it. And uh, he he just spends a movie just banging Sharon Stone over and over and over again, and and getting into rough sex with like with everybody. It, it's it's it, I, it, it looks like it belonged on Cinemax, but this is like a uh, I think I think it got an Oscar nomination, right? Oh, that was a huge. Oh, I remember. I mean, I've never seen it, but like I remember <laughs> when it came out, like it was a huge deal. Like it was. It had to have been one of you, the top top movies of the whole year. Yeah, there are, there are a lot of times you can say like they they could never make a movie like this again. You you could not. No, you they they don't make they do not make movies like this anymore. Like they just literally don't. I can't. I, I don't know when the last time. I I, I guess maybe <laughs> that that weird um. <laughs> was it was it Verhoeven whatever he made a weird kind of movie, but it had like Willem Dafoe in it. 
And that's a, kind of a different vibe than Michael Douglas and Sharon Stone, you know? Yeah. Uh, Bear about yeah. Stakeback says he, Michael Douglas drives a, a, a convertible Mustang GT in it, too. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good perfect ride. Uh, yeah. I, I, I don't know. Just... It, it, this won't make sense, but if you've never seen the movie, it's on Prime right now. The director's cut's on Prime for free, <laughs> and and you can and watch it and watch it with your girl or your or your guy if you're a lady, whatever. Just just do it because you'll be surprised if you never if you never like I was too young to see it, way too young when when it came out. When was the last time that uh, James Bond got tail in a movie? Oh, he still does, but it's not like in the same way that it was in the '60s because like in the in the 60s, how do I put this? There was a lot more persuading being done on his part <laughs> to make it happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. In the 60s, he'd slap her. Yeah, like literally sometimes. Yes, yeah. And he was still wearing Rollies <laughs> and Seikos. What what brand is he wearing now? I, I don't. I have not watched one Mo- since Gold, I, the Goldeneye. I, it's all sponsored now, right? So yeah. the, the last one that I, it may have changed past i was gonna say omega yeah so carrie like mariah his his uh recollection is the same as mine as the most recent sponsorship they did not an omega guy gotta admit the it's like it's funny too like they you know they have to be like even cars he drives and stuff you know people don't drive a fucking british car anymore so sometimes they'll still like in what was it skyfall like toward the end for the nostalgia they had him actually drive an old aston martin from Mm. the the classic era but yeah like you know it's just not it's whoever's willing to pay you know what i'm saying he still carries the walter ppk right he does like that for the most part anyway there was one pierce brosnan movie where walter had them uh use a more updated model i think it was a p99 but like that for the most part as much as i can recall anyway yeah that is the case what they did with that if you want to get me to watch another James Bond movie after you've ruined the franchise, here's what you do: you you do like you do more stunt casting and you make James Bond American instead of a Walter. He just carries like a forty-four Magnum, like Dirty Harry. <laughs> and, and if you do that, I'll, I'll watch it again. Until then, no. And bring one back the, the, the rape. One of the funny. <laughs> one of the funny parts that you mentioned that Merrick is in the book. I it was not a didn't really read all the books or anything, but I do know in the books, he actually does keep uh, a Colt revolver in his Aston Martin. Based. Um, <laughs> Got to pop the trunk. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying, like, uh, it's really <laughs> pop the trunk. That's more American. Um, <laughs> yeah, American, American, yes. <laughs> yeah, the old DB5 was sick. Uh, it's just, James Bond would wear a Roly. He would. It just would. It's just kind of... Uh, and that James Bond um, uh, Submariner, that thing is sick. They they make replicas, quote unquote, of it. Um, they're not. Na- they're nice. They're nice. They're nice. Uh, anyways, uh, let's see. I, I won't. I don't, the PPK. I'm not a fan. That a little blowback gun. All that. I I. It's a decocker only. So that's not my thing. Just not how I roll. Blowback only is not very high tech, even for those age. You got, you got that Beretta 80 series, though, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's a nice gun. People, I mean, it is. It's. It sure looks the part. It looks cool. My dad's got a SIG version of it. But yeah. Um, 
Uh, 928, 28 minutes past the hour. We got a, a accident on a right shoulder north on Rose Hill on the nuclear, San Gabriel. Nuclear armament truck ran into a Razor scooter. <laughs> <laughs> Slow and go. Um, yeah, so let's, let's get started. We got, I feel like we've been to a lot of Tucker news, but it's. Yeah, Tucker Carlson now. <laughs> I was just like, can you repeat that? <laughs> so Tucker put out a video that says he's going to be doing a show on Twitter. And Elon said they don't have a deal. You guys hip to all this? I mean, they don't have to have a deal. I mean, he could throw whatever content he wants on there. You yeah, know what I mean? Like, yeah, Musk did that subscriber thing specifically so people could do this and without without having a deal with Twitter. I'm like President Trump in that video. i just finding out about this for the first time right now. Really? The legal issue behind this. Well, first of all, before we jump into this, I'm going to jump back for a second because this goes into my area of knowledge. Bencito, too, says in the book, Bond drove a Bentley and had a Beretta 22, also 1950s. It was a it was a 25 caliber, 25 auto. It's a Beretta 418. I restored one. They are funny. They're so small. They're actually hard to hold. To the task at hand, uh, the, 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 the interesting thing about the Tucker Carlson thing is he still has his Fox contract. Fox wants to pay him to not work. Like, and you could see why they would want to do that. They can sort of keep him on the bench, keep him at home. They're willing to uh, pay to, uh, you know, have that privilege. He is trying to get out of that by making claims that he was fraudulently induced by various statements Fox had made over time into taking that contract. Um, and the what he's seeking in exchange for that is basically just to have his contract terminated so he can go and do you know other media ventures. Yeah, so I, I, yeah, they they, they trying to nail him with a non compete so he'll be out of like he'll be out of it until what uh, January two thousand twenty five after the election. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Which after the election, I'm sure. Hey, just come on back. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I I doubt. I mean, I I doubt it. I I doubt he he's not going to come back. Well, I like so he's got a lot. Of, so one thing that's cool about Tucker, especially with these videos, especially the sort of aura he's putting out there, he's putting out there this kind of like um, uh, the whole madman, uh, you know, the madman negotiation thing, mm-hmm. which right now. Whether he wants to be or not, he's in a negotiation with with Fox, and so uh, making your making yourself look crazy and looking like you, um, I don't care about the money. the The money doesn't mean anything to me he, at all. He might not care. He might actually not care about the money. Yeah, I'm actually with Miracle on this one. I actually don't think he cares that much. He's about rich the money. as hell, and he lives in Maine. We're talking about just- the heir to the Swanson Frozen Foods fortune here. Yeah, his, yeah. Ba- his baby's mother is loaded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, and also like if you uh, if you've ever heard him talk, and I think he might, I think he did Corolla actually, and talked about his setup. I think because mm-hmm. yeah, because that's that's where I heard this from. He he talked about like, he would just he had a studio in his place in Maine, and he would just hang out there. Like he wasn't he's not going out and eating caviar every night and stuff. What I mean by that is he might not care about the money anymore. It might not be about the money. That might not be why he's doing it. So yeah. Yeah. I I saw a lot. Um, <laughs> one great thing. Um, uh, the P the, the worthless people at, at um, 
media matters are like the it's, media matters has like a whole division of like Tucker Carlson Wranglers. Their whole job is to just keep tabs on him. And, um, uh, I don't know, uh, you know, put it, put a stick, put a stick in his book and I mean, they, they need him on the air. If you think about it, there's a whole class of people employed that depends on him being on the air. <laughs> yeah. I, I did. You know, I didn't really think about it when I, when, when that woman was posting, um, uh, there was a lot of people in her comments that that like her. They were like, "Well, are you? Are they still?" She's. They said, "Are is Media Matters still going to pay you to document? Uh, because you you know you used to get you, she got paid to watch Fox and record it onto Twitter. Well, now he's on Twitter. You know what I mean? Like, like uh, well, I'm not sure she'll be needed anymore. But I'm. But, but you know, uh, th- they were very unhappy. They were very unhappy about this, which made which was a good feeling. Made me think. Well, maybe this is a good thing. I, by the way, I don't think this. Uh, no matter how well this goes, um, first off, like other people thinking, like, well, he's gonna, he's gonna take, you know, he's gonna take the, uh, he's gonna pop his shirt off. He's gonna like really let him have it now. I mean, he's Tucker. He's not going to like deny the Holocaust or there's. He, he's not that radical. Are we agree with that? Like, what's he gonna say? Yeah, I, I agree. He's not likely to deny the Holocaust. I don't. I don't like. The, I, I don't your, like the your, framing your of that. Point. Yeah, I, he's not that radical. Like, like that's the. That's yeah. That's not in his wheelhouse. He's not going to do that. Yeah, so he's probably saying, not even going to start Steve Saylor posting. He probably won't even do that. Right. Uh, and so I mean, I, there's. I don't think anything that's going to happen. I mean, he was kind of doing whatever the hell he wanted to on Twitter. I mean, on on Fox, anyways. <laughs> Uh, Some visual agents will just start reading uh, slash poll memes from 4chan. <laughs> uh, so the you know the uh, no matter how well this goes, this is not going to be as good as being on primetime Fox. It's just not. Yeah, I mean, if 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 your enemies let you go on TV and have the biggest platform in the world to say things they don't like, that's a huge W. Just it, it, the the I guess it, like I said the, when he when he got shit can in the beginning sorry when you got can in the beginning yeah it, it, it there's no way around it. it it sucks but like it was inevitable and it is if nothing else it's a sign that they're a little bit concerned right they they, they it's not just it's not fine to let this guy say whatever he wants on tv if if you really thought that was fine and it wouldn't make a difference that in itself would be a black pill you know what i mean yeah donkey white said i hope to one day make a good living making content about how gob is wrong I thought about doing that. I have a tweet where I, I sort of theorize on making a uh, a podcast about the good old boys. Um, That's actually probably uh, like that would that actually might work. Like if you just had this like other podcast that was just entire like it, you some alter ego of you whose job it was to record everything you were saying and critique it. And trust me, I know I know some of the lesser points of bog beef. I know them very well. <laughs> it well, would be like shooting fish in a barrel. <laughs> You're <laughs> worse than me. Uh, <laughs> I think that, like, that you if if you get big enough in any kind of media venture, and it doesn't have to be that big, just you know, oh, uh-oh, there you go. <laughs> they got him already. They got him. He's they gone. Got him. He's if gone. You, if you get big enough in any media venture, and like I said, not it doesn't have to be huge, but just bigger than we are. People will come out of the woodwork to just attack you because you'll get clout doing that. 
how many how many times have we seen that happen with like <laughs> can you talk is it safe why i don't understand why this connected. okay <laughs> I, I do <laughs> you got too close to the truth like you, you know how we've known people who've made podcasts and then became really popular and then there would be like a cottage industry of people who 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 do this to them even though they're they're definitely not Tucker Carlson like and famously all the reddit uh, the reddit forums of, of of the political podcast grow to hate the political podcast you know what i'm saying say that again like every if you're political political podcast let's just say like we well, already mentioned it, so it said red scare like the people on the red scare reddit forum you'd think oh. they were people who love red scare right yeah <laughs> yeah this is uh <laughs> Yeah, no, no, they hate it. This is like the um, what's that law? The simplest way to explain the behavior of an oh, organization. Conquest uh, law. Conquest law. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that it's controlled by a cabal of its enemies? <laughs> yeah. Uh, what is it? Chapo tried to shut down their, I mean, their Reddit because their Reddit hated Chapo Trap House. It's kind of perfect. Yeah. Whenever someone asks, like, should you guys make? Have you guys thought about making a Reddit or a Discord? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Never. Well, well, yeah, thought about Discord's to get teenage groupies. That's the whole point of the Discord. <laughs> you got that's more of like a major metro area thing. Or you meet your Fed handler or whatever. I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, they're, or they're one and the same, depending. Uh, and while we're on the subject of Tucker news, this is not. There's not a lot to this. I'll just say it. Uh, former Tucker Carlson producer withdraws suit against Fox News, alleging coercion in the Dominion testimony. She says she plans to refile it somewhere else, but. As of now, she's withdrawn the the lawsuit that, in theory, was the inciting incident for this. For yeah, the she was she was uh, just super arsler. I mean, after I read the the complaint she had, like, because remember when that first, when when he first got fired, she's on TV saying, "Yeah, I did this, stroking a cat. I did this." You, she just felt the full power of this fully operational battle station, and then like you start reading the like she's just <laughs> just some crazy bee. Uh, I don't think Fox cared what she had to say. Um, do you ever see anything about her allegations and stuff? Yeah, it, it looked it looked ridiculous. Like you would never fire you would never you wouldn't fire a mid level talent over that, much less your most popular you know meal well, ticket. She, she never met C- Tucker Carlson, which is no. one of the base uh, one of the cool things that came out about him. I didn't know this. Maybe maybe people knew this, but um. Uh, his show was all done 100% remote. Yeah, yeah, that's he, base. from from Maine. He's not. He has nothing to do with the people with the the staff people in New York. And, and you know, uh, it'll come up again later in the show that this the the that her suit was filed in like SDNY, right? The Southern District of New York. Oh yeah, yeah. They'll nail him to a cross if it ever hits the uh, ever ever hits the uh, jury. Speaking of which, we should we should probably yep. cover that Trump news. We make it look easy. Donald Trump found guilty in a civil trial for the crime of sexual sexual uh, assault against E. Jean Carroll in the nineteen ninety five or something. All right, let, let, let's let's get into this. I, I I'll be honest, I hadn't kept up with this trial at all. Although there were some really funny video testimony clips and stuff, but uh, so. The allegation was that this lady, who would have been in her 50s at the time, that the president of the United States, or future president of the United States, would grope, would grope her in a dressing room while she was naked, 
Uh, she, she took she took him to court, civil suit. For uh, Fredo, do you want to explain to people the difference between civil and criminal? People have trouble with this. Yeah, they're entirely different matters. So you know, uh, a criminal trial. I mean, that that is the state brings that against you, right? And there's right. Uh, beyond a reasonable doubt is your standard there. Unanimous uh, verdict. Right, and then a, a civil trial is a wholly different matter. That's uh, you know the actual person who was in theory, wronged, brings that against you, entirely different standard. There's, it's not guilty or innocent. It's just, you know, liabilities determined by a preponderance of the evidence, totally different situation. And you don't go to jail. You just have to pay that person money if you lose. Yeah, uh, the jury well, I'm oversimplifying. You can also sometimes get an injunction, which makes them do a thing. But regardless, you don't go to jail. Yeah, in this case, it's $5 million. Uh, yeah, five, including $3 million for defamation because he... That's <laughs> a lot of money. He called her, he called her a liar. So, <laughs> you know, this story, whatever, I, it's, it's crazy. The, the, this woman claims that you did a sex crime to her in 1995 and in the year 2023... She's going to take you to civil court and get a judgment for millions of dollars against you. Oh, it's completely insane. It's completely insane. I've heard that this was part of um, that New York State did some laws that sort of reopened the books. You can you can nail anybody on anything with this kind of stuff. Um, I, I should I should know when I said nineteen ninety five. That's not true. She doesn't remember if it was nineteen ninety five or nineteen ninety six. It could have been. It could. It was somewhere in that. In the, in that span, you know that that sure. uh, that Jordan second three peat era. That's that's the the time when she had this horrible assault done to her. And like, like man, I'm trying not to be mean. Yeah, someone says she looks crazy. She does look crazy, and she was like 52 years old. <laughs> I, I, I mean, you know, do well, you think do you think Donald Trump was going to molest a 52 year old woman? In, in 1995. You know, this is something I used to talk about more, and this is something that, like, the... She, she's not exactly his type, which is his defense in the trial, by the way. Yeah, which we know his trial. We, we know his type. We know his type. Like, he definitely mashed that porn star, and that's his type. Um, That's what his all his ex-wife looked like, all this kind of stuff. So, uh, you know, we've commented on this before. This is something that the super right-wing guys that are, that are they're nasty, the the... Manosphere guys have been right about for a thousand years. Uh, this we knew that where this was this kind of thing was heading. If someone if someone rapes you, file a police report. You file a police report, and that's how we used to do things. You you say that hey, the police, something happened to me. Let's check. And then the police go and check the evidence, and uh, we could do we could do stuff about this. That's not how Me Too era works. This Me Too Me Too era is um completely insane there's there's no way to prove any that you can just get somebody convicted on total bullshit and you know you, well we have these things called a constitution all this kind of stuff and then we have special categories for special things so this is like the violence against and in this case we have like the violence against women act and there are all these acts that sort of uh screw you over as a defendant there's no like this is just uh i i mean did we ever hear what the evidence was on this I'm sure it was pretty thin. Oh, oh well, her her accusation that he molested her. Mm -hmm. She just said he did. I got you. 
Like yeah, there's not like it went like Monica Lewinsky where they had like a dress with with you know his you know nothing no nothing like that. They just she just said this is this happened. Yeah. And then the jury of you know New Yorkers decided whether they thought that was a and it had to be all of them. Just in a, in civil trials, it's just like a majority, a simple majority, right? Well, yeah. this is the breakdown of civilization. Remember these these were things that didn't happen here. Well, they do. They do now, and they will continue. They will more and more. Yeah, uh, the 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 punchline. That's not a story that has a punchline, but if there was a punchline in the story, it would be that the thing that inspired her to take him to court was that she met a big time donor to the Democratic Party at, at a, at a you know, some kind of function. He's like, "Oh, you should you should sue him for this." Yeah. Like that's yeah. that that's openly I that's I don't think anybody disputes that's how this began, and you know Kellyanne Conway's closet case husband also was involved somehow. I'm not sure. That's five million dollars less he has to spend. He can spend well, on getting a Republican elected. That's I, all they think about. Uh no. In this case, that's not what they what they're thinking. Come on, man. You know what they're thinking. He's now a, a person who's been convicted in civil in civil court. Of of sexual assault, not accused. He's been he's been found guilty. And in the end, it's in the, yeah, it's a civil court. But so what? CNN's gonna be <laughs> when twenty twenty four rolls around. CNN's gonna be blasting this on the news. Yeah, convicted sex. You know, you know what I'm saying. They're gonna do that. They don't care about the well. They they care about the five million dollars, I guess. But that's not the main thing. The main thing is to destroy his <laughs> destroy his reputation completely to make it so. People are literally afraid to vote for him. Because remember, think about how pe- how scared a lot of people, especially lived in cities, were to admit that they voted for him in like 2016 or 2020. Uh, now in 2024, he's also going to be like the rapist guy. I think. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, people who are, are who've made up their minds already inclined one way or the other are not going to change their minds based on this. But it it will change some people and. You know, baby, this is a game of inches when it comes to these when it comes to these last two presidential elections. A couple hundred thousand votes here and there, and the, you got a different president either way. Yeah, uh, I mean it's it's an effed up story, but I mean, what's new? This is uh, same thing as uh, well, I guess the guy got off on we, Christine Blaisley Ford. Yeah, which was uh, I'm sorry, anybody who thought that had anything to it should be beaten. Well, that, that's that, that was tell, an intru- tell me what you really think, Bog Beef. Where's the police report? Where's the police report? Where's the police report? That's all. Like whenever someone, whenever you hear any of this stuff, this is like this is the the response that needs to form. Where's the police report? Where's the police report? That that story was big before we had the podcast. Back when we had a more politically diverse cast of friends, to put it nicely, when people, <laughs> some people who were. Uh, to the left of Chuck Schumer still talk to us. Um, and do you remember, if you remember, because I do vividly, how bizarre some people got about that, about just like you have to believe what this woman says, and you're basically committing a crime if you don't believe her. And it was just, her story was insane. It was more insane than this woman's story, honestly. Hers was hers was like that UVA, uh, that UVA story, but you know, with the broken glass and stuff like that. It's crazy, man. 
I mean, remember the tagline? It was believe women. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you know that had been that had been like a, a the doctrine, social doctrine for God twenty or thirty years at that point. That like you know women or the people who are uh, victims of sexual assault don't want to admit it because it's embarrassing and you need to encourage them and believe them. And, you know, and boy, they just like, they burnt up all that credibility and goodwill like in an instant. And like, I, and I understand why they weren't wrong to do that, by the way, like that Kavan- K- Kavanaugh getting put on the Supreme court was uh, a horrible, horrible thing for them. Like if, if, if they stopped him from getting on the court, you know, who knows what would have happened with with Roe, right? Roe might still be the law of the land if they had succeeded that. But they just burnt that that shit up in a heartbeat. And they have no compunction about dragging anybody to court. Do you remember when they posted up outside his house? Yeah. We did outside of Tucker Carlson's house, remember? <laughs> for like for he he wasn't accused of molesting anybody. I you know, the the Actually, let's let's I'll I'll uh, segue this into the next story. Amid mounting pressures to charge the man who restrained Jordan Neely in a fatal chokehold on a New York subway train car this week, the man's attorney contends he didn't foresee the awful tragedy which has sparked protests and further accentuated the city's struggles with homelessness and mental illness. The homeless guy had a history of, like, was it 40 different arrests and assault charges, and he was screaming about, not being afraid to go to jail, and you know he had he had beat he had beaten a, an old person and tried to kidnap a child, and like all in the in the last few years. But it's New York City, so now if you haven't been living in Iraq, you've you've seen a billion takes about this story. But I have one take, and it's not it. it you, you're probably you probably can guess what it is. If you're in a geographical location where somebody can use the court system to ruin your life. You're in danger, like twenty four. You're in danger twenty four seven. You you just have to be, you have to be insanely careful and limit your exposure to this. Like if you're if you're in New York City, that means well, I guess you can't really help people, which is all that all this guy tried to do. Or if you're if you're if you're Tucker Carlson or whatever, you don't want to have your media company anything to do with the Southern District of New York. Or if you're Donald Trump, you don't want to be hanging out in New York City. Oh, but the problem with this is, of course, there's always federal charges where they can take you from wherever you live and drag your ass to Brooklyn and throw you in jail like they did. By the way, like what, like what, I don't know what people think this thing is where they surround your car and they try to goad you into running them over. Yeah. Well, you know what this is? This is just, uh, we're just trying to get you in front of a New York City court. Yeah. And, you know, uh, uh, you need all the luck in the world to get to get out of these things. So this guy was a he was an ex marine, right? Yeah, and he was young. So I'm guessing he wasn't like it wasn't like a thing. He was like a marine and you know Nam or something. No, he he's was a marine like guy. yesterday. He's, in, he's like in his twenties, yeah, or yeah. early thirties. So somebody didn't have to put up with this kind of like um, this kind of this kind of shit. Now, I mean, so, you know, I got in this big debate on this on Twitter. And, you know, the thing I kept, because we all we ever get on this is they say, poverty, mental illness, and poverty, mental illness, and mental illness, and poverty. Like, and I just kept, and I, I got these arguments to the guy. I was like, just say addiction once. Just say it. 
And, well, as you know, it's you know, poverty and addiction and, and mental illness. I said, just say addiction once. Just say it. Say addiction once. And, and well, you know, blah, 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 blah. And they can't say it because uh, every time we go around this merry-go-round, people, and you get the people, it's like, mm. well, I was 19. I was homeless. I had to sleep on my cousin's couch for a week and a half. And, you know, we're not talking about you, bro. We're not talking about any of you guys like this. We're talking about the the people that are that live on the streets. And, you know, I, I don't know if I made this comment on the show two or three weeks ago where I said they want to live on the streets. And I and they the things they want, the light, the things they want are on the street. And you might think, well, I don't want to live on the street. Yeah, well, you're not a junkie. Drug addiction, the thing that they never try to talk about drug addiction, because drug addiction does not respond to compassion, responds to the opposite. If you're, if your best, if your best friend is addicted to drugs, remember, if your best friend uh, falls down the stairs, right, and he breaks his arm, he breaks his legs, and the things that, that are good for him are the, are compassion, giving him attention, money, and, and baking him a pie, or whatever, you like, just being good to them helps them in that situation but drug addiction does work that way it the, the, like it's the exact opposite if you if you give them money then you are enabling them they're going to go get more effed up if you anything you do for them that is not tough love is going to, that it is not going to help them get into treatment and they're going to be more and this is remember you don't have to even go here right because the way you can go with this is that uh is that it's bad for everybody else. And so who gives an S about whatever you're dealing with? Uh, yeah. It, but we have to go here because people are tender hearted and people want to help people. And, but this, this is why like, we have to do this because you, all you get is, uh, well, people on the right are just, they're just, they have black hearts. They just don't care about people that live on the street. And no, if you go to any of these shelters that actually work, that actually help people, uh, it's going to be Christian pastors on these things, and they're going to they're going to have this th- this thing. Uh, there was a great tweet going around earlier today that talked about how good America is at like if you actually like want to get do something for yourself, uh, there's a place for you to sleep every city in America. But the thing is, you have to like you have to stop drinking, you have to stop doing drugs. What aggravated me about the reaction to this particular case was. They would do this thing where you would say, like, this guy, he was arrested 40 times. He assaulted people. I'd say, well, that Marine didn't know that when he started choking him. He, he didn't know this information. But, like, yeah, he did. Do you know how? Because he saw how the person was acting right now. Like, your, your, your past behavior is an indication of what you're going to do in the future. And the way you're acting now is also gives you a hint into somebody's possible behavior. If you see a guy walking down the street, like, uh, buck naked, covered in blood, carrying an axe. You're, you're, are you are you going to get mad at somebody for making assumptions about his behavior? How dare you? Yeah, I, how like, dare you? I, like normally, I would say, well, they're just lying and cynical, but I don't think they are. I think they really believe that you, that Jordan Jordan Neely was just you know one moment away from I don't know becoming the Disney World Michael Jackson impersonator and you know ha- having a great life or whatever but he wasn't and he was he was not going to like he, the 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 best outcome for him would have been being institutionalized and pl- like medicated and put into a place where he could you know live out his life around w- around people 
socialized as well as he possibly could be. Uh, a big part of that would be uh, if he wasn't allowed to panhandle and use that money for drugs to continue living on the street. Uh, they yeah. had people now all of a sudden they have videos of this guy uh, taking the bath, using the bathroom on the subway because he's living on the street. Why is he on the subway? Because there's people there that late coming back home from work. They got money and they give him money and he buys drugs with it. And this yeah. is how they keep this life going. Uh, it's it's sad when people uh, ruin their life with, with with drugs. And you know this is why you got these like, well, this is what he looked like ten years ago. Well, ten. I don't know, like the the lifespan of someone hooked on heroin is like ten years. It, it's clear this guy was he wasn't the same guy he was ten years ago. Although he was certainly starting when he, when he was doing this this dancing on the street for money. I guarantee this is when he was buying drugs, but things hadn't hadn't progressed that way at that there, point. I don't know if you if you guys saw this. I, I didn't save it, but there was like some quasi famous e girl who had posted last year that like. There was no, there's no lower life form than a man who refuses to like step up and protect women. And then like the same woman, when this guy died, like, uh, this is murder. He, he should be, <laughs> he'd put him away forever. Put him in jail forever. This is a bad person to have in society. This is a, this is an awful person to have running around American society. That's what they're saying. And they know they're wrong. Of course they're not. This is a, this guy, you know, he was working with all the people there. They were all helping hold this guy down because this guy was. Having uh having a, a moment, uh yeah, you know, yeah, and whatever. We, I, we, the last time we talked about this, all we knew was there was somebody who got choked down the subway. It, it it panned out to be exactly how we thought it was. I I don't like, I certainly would I wouldn't even charge him with the crime because it's not it, it it's really not his fault. It, it 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 it's the fault of the people who allowed this to happen in the first place. Yeah. He should not be charged with a crime. He's not morally culpable, culpable for anything. And this kind of, this this happens. You know, I, I Rittenhouse is a, a bad example, but like Rittenhouse was, was I felt the same way about this. It's like, yeah, I wouldn't have done what he did, but not because it was morally wrong, but just because I I wouldn't want to be face the consequences of you know of of trying to. <laughs> maintain order in a place run by chaotic yeah, people you, who who don't want that. Yeah, but you weren't 19, too. If you were 19, you had a lot stronger feelings, you know? Right, but I'm, I'm saying, yeah, but what I'm saying is the, the, there were reactions to Rittenhouse, which is like that he was wrong for doing this, but he's not wrong. Like, collectively, we're wrong for allowing this environment to, to exist. And we're, and collectively, New York City's wrong to allow that guy to, to terrorize people on the subway Oh, for, and, and on the streets for years. Like they're the ones who's wrong. This guy, this guy is not. The only thing he did wrong was, I guess, apply the chokehold incorrectly. Wait, are you saying there's something wrong with organizing race riots throughout the United States? <laughs> this is something that's come up with with uh, Steve Saylor. Is other people, the right wing people, that sort of talk about Steve Saylor have noticed is like um, uh, Steve Saylor words his comments in a way that like. And he honestly does care about black people. Like, you know, like he says that yeah. uh, when the, this thing that happened with these race riots, like, obviously the people that died mostly were black people. And, they're so, and you know, none of these people that organize these things give an S about that. And it's not good to have these race riots. It's not good to have let crazy people run amok and uh, live off drugs on the street. All this stuff is bad. And you just sort of attack the private citizen 
for being being in this this situation. Uh, I don't know. There's got to be more conversations about addiction and drugs on the street in New York City. I know everyone. I don't know if you've seen, but like uh, people in New York now, they have like an app. They get weed delivered, like uh, like uh, on on an app and stuff. Yeah, the the consequences of marijuana legalization have been a disaster, like everywhere where it's been done. But I've talked that to death on this show in the past. I'm not going to nail anybody to a cross about smoking weed, but like, first off, I don't know if you guys know, but like, uh, if you deal weed, you 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 know, you you got your foot, you got your feet wet. You, you're you're kind of uh, going and meeting people, and um, and you got the scale, and well, here's a quarter of this, and or give me the cash, and you got a little <laughs> safe, and you're sort of like, you're in the game now. And the other thing is that uh, weed stops working. I don't know if people have heard, like, uh, people don't believe this because of in the 90s, this was, like, super memed hard against, and, like, right-wing discussion, I was told, went too far, but, but, like, one of the things that, like, that weed happens, and remember, like, the only reason I'm bringing this up is because I've been told, I've never been in New York City, God willing, I never will. <laughs> Certainly don't want to get on that subway, um, but... That everybody like that we everybody is high like all the time now on these vape smokers. They got it's like a uh, I don't know it's like the electronic thing and like it doesn't make a big stink and it gets you really high, right? And so uh, there's all this weed smoking going on like crazy. The thing is like weed stops working. It stops working, and that's when. But like the the you're you don't just like well I guess weed doesn't work. I guess get back to my sailing career. That's, that's not how this works. By the way, I think Joe Rogan has talked about this some, and he's like the biggest weed defender on earth. Uh, he's admitted this, but it stops working. But you still like it's not like you're going to go. Well, I guess I'll I'll just face life um, sober now. That's not how that shit works. You got to go do something. You got to get into something else. Well, Rogan getting the DMT and stuff like that, right? Yeah, and that wasn't that his deal. Uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, there, there's two. There's two. There's two solutions here, and one is that, like, well, I can tell you what's not going to happen, and I, and I'm sad that this is not going to happen, but it's just not possible. You know, we had we had a guy on here, Stefano Forte, he ran he ran for office in New York City, or I guess New York State actually, and, and you know he 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 lost, and his platform was basically a, a tough on crime Democrat from I don't know. 15 years ago. That was basically his platform. He, he, he wasn't that, he wasn't, you know, that pro- socially progressive, but basically that's what he ran on. There, there, the city, the people who live in the city and in most of New York, well, I said, I, who live in the city in that part of New York, I don't know what goes on upstate. Upstate, I've heard people say they're extremely Republican, but it doesn't matter because the, the city is not going to change. So they can either elect a tough on crime Democrat who does what people thought Eric Adams was going to do, or this just continues because no matter how much disorder there is, you know, murders, rapes, crimes, uh, uh, thefts, whatever, none of that matters as much as continuing the political machine. The survival of the political machine outweighs all of that, and the people of New York City agree. Like they, when you, you, the decisions they make make it clear they agree with that. So this shit's not. This stuff's not going to change. Anytime soon, and, and I, you know, 
we, you and I would spe- would speculate on when they were going to start, you know, bringing in the Bloomberg types. You know, well, he was Republican, but you know, the the tough on crime guys. We assumed they would just do that, but they're not. I don't know. Maybe it has to get a little bit worse. Maybe we have to go past, you know, early nineties to to uh, to seventies level crime before they'll consider doing it. Well, but I'm not sure they will. There's hope for New York City. There's hope for New York City for a couple reasons. Number one, the state politics is way more right-wing. Yeah. Now, it's like, I don't know exactly how much, but it, it's not like Oregon. Like, the Republicans in the state have a shot. Uh, I don't think they're in power right now, are they? Well, what tends to happen is they usually have a shot at controlling the Senate. That's right. usually how it boils down, yeah. I don't know if they do or don't right now, but... So, they have a seat at the table... And they have like a theoretical possibility of electing like a Republican governor or something. I know I know it's not likely to happen, but I mean like this isn't Cal it's not California in terms of like uh <laughs> the state stuff. Now, furthermore, the thing the reason why cities are a freak show is because of there's this um uh the black guy we use on our imagery and stuff. Because we talk about Paige. <laughs> Clapper. Jim Clapper. So we talk about Clyburn rot because Clyburn has this sort of like uh, he has a political machine, but it's kind of organic. Like he actually these people actually vote for Clyburn's people actually vote for him because Clyburn lives in a in a uh, in a rural area. So like he so people, they can't just drive the truck up to the ghetto and just get everybody's votes and take it to the vote place. Clyburn actually gets these people to vote for him. That's why he's so interesting. Because he's this this sort of black machine politician, but he's he actually they actually vote for him. He actually goes does stuff for them. Now, if you go to these cities, what happens is these cities are all controlled by this like machine politics that's sort of based on like the ghettos and that kind of things. Someone says that's t- two weeks in a row. What, what, what did I do two weeks in a row? You, you forgot Clobber's name last week oh, as well. Yeah. I can never remember a proper proper noun. <laughs> that that part of my don't smoke weed, kids. That's another <laughs> Someone on Twitter a while back uh, posted a comment that you're you're always flying off the space station and I have to drag you back down. Yeah. Did you see I mean, that? I mean, people used to think that was a bit. It's not a bit. I cannot remember a proper noun. That I, you know, uh, lean machine. But so now, if you go to these urban machines, these these votes are these votes are just sort of like these people are just sort of commanded who to vote for. And they're plugged into they have like a they have like a Jesse Jackson type guy that organizes the votes for them. And he either like directly they either like vote for him, hand him the 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 absentee ballot or they just they do other stuff. But uh, these votes are like very tightly controlled. And we won't talk about that right now. But this is like (laughs) this is a part of like patronage stuff. That's like that's a very powerful way to do politics. Now, these cities generally the only people like there's so few of like normal people live in the cities that uh, like n- normal people don't live in Minneapolis. They live in the suburbs and they, they drive to work in the city during the day. New York city is not like that. New York city is not like that. All there's plenty of normal people that live in New York city. New York city is different. People don't like, there's some people live in the suburbs. Uh, what, what's that place up North? They got, uh, Queens, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, not, not, I'm not big on the on the geography of New York. Westchester. 
Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, and that Westchester might still be in New York City. It probably isn't. Is it, Fredo? Do you know? It it's not. It, it's it's uh, the first county going into <laughs> New York State. It's just it's just above the Bronx. But you know, we talked to uh, um, Stefano Stefano Forte. Stefano Forte, like he said, like I live in New York City, and like my neighborhood looks like your neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah he, yeah, he yeah. He said like I have a garage and a backyard and everything looks like your neighborhood. And he's like a normal person. And so there's all those people like that that live in New York City, which is like even, I know maybe you think it's not really like that, but like in comparison to the other cities. The other cities like it's just like downtown is just ghettos and everybody drives in from somewhere else. I agree, but I don't know that it matters because that machine that they have is too strong. They can mobilize Every single person in that in that ghetto, and I mean it's not just the ghettos. How many people come into New York? Are, you know, there is a lot of immigration out of New York City, but think about the people who are coming into it right now. A lot of these are people like Hick lives and and I guess it's immigrants uh, <laughs> shipped in by the governor of Texas. Well, how, you know how, how did that brother get elected? Because he wasn't, you know, he wasn't the like. Uh... He wasn't the most left-wing guy running. Remember? No, he wasn't. He wasn't. But I'm saying, and that's he, the thing. He he ain't he ain't doing anything. Like he could he couldn't have gotten elected in Seattle. Yeah, I don't know. But like he's the, not doing anything. These people that run like Seattle and stuff like this are like uh, communists. Or Repulse yeah. Twitch's Long Island is based. Yes, absolutely. Long Island. I've all Long Island. I've always said this has been like um, like. Uh, it is one of the major Republican strongholds. They used that's where they used to build all these uh, military, build airplanes and tanks and all that kind of stuff like this. Long Island is super base. It's always has been. Before before we get off the subject, I I found a our, our buddy Matt Iglesias made a a post that was somebody in the wild doing that thing that you like to accuse them of doing. I thought you get kicked out of this. I'll read the text of of Matt Iglesias' tweet. We were getting close to reestablishing much-needed social consensus that it's not racist to worry about crime. But then, racist Twitter, both of those words capitalized, came along to insist that we need to talk about crime in a way that has no policy content other than racial stereotyping. Just, just if you're keeping track at home, Matt Iglesias is literally saying, it's, if you if people in Alabama, it's your fault that they're not allowed to do anything about crime in New York City where he lives because there are racist people in uh, Hazard County, Kentucky uh, that's uh, like spoiling the whole thing somehow by uh, giving off like an evil racist <laughs> miasma. Uh, man, he's you got to watch him. You got to watch him. He is he is the enemy. And he is a like he is uh he's not motivated in sort of direct emotional ways, you know, like uh he is like the he's a bug man. He doesn't have feelings. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know, man. He he is like he, the thing is when you when we when he gets discussed, you'll see a lot of his stuff, which is like, well, he's being very magnanimous. Yeah, you know, he's coming across that. No, 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 no. He is thinking 12, 20 steps ahead, 5D chess. Oh, well, I uh, see the left has gone too far on this. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how this will go down. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I mean, what he's doing there is he's whining and saying that you, that, that everybody needs to support like whatever, like, you know, the, um, a billion I'll, Americans. Well, yeah, but he, we need to support 
you can't go past the level that he thinks is correct. That's, that's a dumb way of putting it. Who was the guy that ran in the primary against Clinton and uh, Sanders? Uh, he was the governor of uh, the governor O'Malley. of O'Malley. Yeah, uh, thanks. I had the bog beef there. He, like, he, if you're to the if you're to the right of Martin O'Malley, he does not want. You're not allowed to say anything. Like, this is a problem. We've screwed up. We've done something terrible. I even admit that openly. But if you are to, you know, to the right of Martin O'Malley, then you need to be quiet because this has to be somebody like you. Know, you have to bring in one of my insufferable dead fish, like progressive. I guess tough on crime. Progressive. Like they don't exist. So I don't really even know what does he. What does he want other than for you to stop complaining about how they've ruined their every city that they run? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, he's the dog catcher. He's trying to always kennel the left into b- behaving as best as they as they can. You know, he, I don't think he's so much doing the centrist meme, but he's trying to, to keep the lights. He's trying to keep the lights on. Yeah, there's something I want to just mention in the past week. Molly Bencito says, "Is there a trailer park in New York City?" You know, when I heard that, there's a glimmer in my eye. I thought, oh, maybe New York City might not be too bad. I don't. Maybe if they if there is one, <laughs> I live in the trailer park on the beach. <laughs> Like uh, Mel Gibson and Lethal Weapon. Yeah, uh, and you guys have seen it, by the way. I'm not lying. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, it's, it, yeah, I, and by the way, I wanted to do that my whole life. Remember, I talked about that 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's true. I mean, yeah, that's like a, that's uh, uh, Mel Gibson, Lethal Weapon. That's, a, that's an archetype. Yeah, it's uh, living my best life. But, um. So one of the things I want to talk about, so the one of these things that you'll see lots of people sort of, they really, really want to do, you know, uh, what's, what, who's the guy I talked about last week? <laughs> I don't know. The guy ar- argue with it, with the meme Lindsay, uh, Lindsay. Yeah. James Lindsay. So Lindsay wants to be the moderate and guys like guys like, uh, Iglesias want to be the moderate and guys like Jordan Peterson. They want to be the moderate. Why? Well, you know, in past history, in American history, the moderate has been the most powerful position in the world. You know, the yeah. po- politics was always decided by like, there was like a good 20, 30% of America that was lived in the middle and they weren't, they just didn't peg one way or the other on, on one, one, uh, sort of income stream or the other, you know, they weren't, a th- they didn't live in Brooklyn and they didn't live in Mayberry, they were just people in the middle and they would just sort of pay attention to politics. And, you know, I liked what this guy said. I was watching, uh, I've been watching a lot of Cold War stuff the other day and uh, they voted out a guy because he wasn't going to pursue the war in Korea as much as they wanted. And uh, they had lots of quotes from people and they said, you know, the Eisenhower guy, you know, there was like no discussion about like, well, this guy's a leftist or this guy is you know, this guy agrees with uh, Ayn Rand. They, they were just these people. But now a lot of people were on the sides, but there were all the power was in the middle. All the power was in the middle. And so you wanted to be a moderate. That power has gone away. It's gone away. Moderates don't get elected anymore. And these people, uh, they want that power back. And there's nothing ridiculous about that. Of course, I mean, who who doesn't want power? That's awesome. But it's not around anymore, and they're very upset by this. And do we agree with this? 
Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm, it, it's it's not impossible that we could get back to that situation in the future too. I mean, we we probably won't based on trajectory that we're, that the country's going in now, but it's possible you could grope your way back to that where you could be the most you could you could be in the catbird seat, being like a middle of the road progressive or a middle of the road i don't even know what you call it it's just a middle of the road liberal like that's the funny thing about this country when you think when you really get down to it like you have like the right wing liberals and the left wing progressives that's that's pretty dire by uh, a pretty dire thing to think about by itself <laughs> earl brown or republicans Dan Roy. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah lgbt dissident right got hick libs <laughs> Got all kind of stuff going on out there. But there's so many people in this country, and things are just sort of like you have a lot of rednecks, and you have a lot of people that live off of uh, sort of Democrat money streams, and they're kind of in charge of things now. Uh, and most everybody knows who they're going to vote for before the election comes. I mean, you all remember all this stuff about these debates and all this shit? Like, I, was, I mean, except for the primaries. All this, all the the politicking and the money and the yard signs. I mean, it's fighting for a priest. It, us, uh, enough of the population to matter, but not like it used to be. There's a, most people now know who they're going to vote for. Yeah, Carl Shannon brings up the Nazi style as Earl Ernst Rome fascist. You know that that this is like a. You're never supposed to say this because the uh, this is something like. Dinesh D'Souza break like the whole like national socialist thing. They're not yeah. wrong about that. They're not wrong about that. We, yeah, I, I well, I, we we knew a person who like ten years who was like ten years ahead of the curve on some of the like meme political ideology, and I I I knew who Ernst Rome was a long time ago because of that person and. You know, uh, yeah, like you can. There's a, there's a direct line. It does. It the thing is, it's like you. You we talked about this last week. It doesn't matter though. All these people are dead. Like none well, of that really means anything today. Uh, yeah, but I mean, it's not like it. It was inconsequential. So like, if you no no if, absolutely if you not into World War Two stuff. Like one thing you'll see is so like um, <clears throat> all the all the generals that Hitler was paying off were the the monarchists who didn't yeah. support it. They they that they weren't third wake people. They were like they were just regular conservatives. They wanted the king running things, you know. All the guys with the big mustaches and stuff. That <laughs> that it wasn't the same thing. And there's so many funny quotes by Hitler and not Goering, but um, Goebbels uh, and Goebbels, yeah, uh, about socialism and stuff. And they it's like DSA stuff with white nationalism put in there, which obviously <laughs> it's, it's national socialism, but like. And I was so I was laughing my ass off when I read it because I've spent last ten years like oh, uh, national like oh it, it has national socialism. Ben Shapiro says that, so there's like zero percent of that's true. No, it's not zero percent. It's not. There's a bunch of funny ass quotes from Hitler. They're like, um, uh, socialism is uh, was born into the Aryan spirit and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> it, it's all like it, it's. I mean, it, it's not. It's not like it doesn't exist. I mean, the, the the whole thing was they were the third way. They weren't they weren't going to do left or right. They were going to do this different thing. Yeah, I mean that's that was pretty clear, right? Because I mean they viewed both of the others as degenerate. Like, and that was, I mean Mussolini really started that idea, and then uh, you know Hitler kind of aped it. But the 
the someone mentions here small what is it a uh, small mustache mustache nationalism versus big mustache traditionalism the only like actual leader that i can think of and keep me honest here that is able to bring both of those sides together under one tent in a like let's say not an easy way more than a temporary way would be franco right franco was a big uniter I mean, Franco got, yeah, exactly. So that was what Franco did. Yeah. So Franco, like, even, like, officially, like, he made the the fascist guys and made the monarchist guys, like, you guys have to put your stuff together in one flag. You guys have to be part of the same. Like, that's what he did, right? Hitler did it by basically just paying these guys off. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that's right, and right? killing his enemies, yes. He was always dancing and trying to, fighting against this this sort of uh, clique of the monarchist uh, military officers, but he was also giving them lots of money and yeah. giving them the military back. Other people in the chat point is Salazar, too, a.k.a. Portuguese Franco. Yeah. Apparently the Iberians had... I... Gosh... I don't want to get. I don't want to bring religion into it, but I feel like when you when you're talking about those specific guys in that specific time, the church had a lot to do with it. Because I mean, you know, Frank, Franco came. Frank. One of Franco's selling points was he was a defender. The people, you know, there were crazy anarchists digging up nuns and and you know, ki- killing priests and stuff. And he put a stop to that. That was one of his selling points for the, for the to the regular person. I will in. I will stop this anti-clerical insanity not not something available to somebody in germany at the time yeah he he forced all the right wing he was like uh these leftists are gone crazy and you just have to put your your things aside to uh and he stayed out of world war ii basically right yeah, yeah, they were they were neutral, and then they. I mean, Spain was neutral even in the post war period. They were not in NATO. They were not in the European Economic Community. One of the we we always have to tie it back to these things on this show. One of the one of the interesting things about <laughs> those star pistols that I talk about all the time is because Spain was neutral. They sold to everybody. Like they didn't like they didn't give a shit. So the Nazis carried star pistols. South Africa, Rhodesia, all, like because they could. They would sell to any country that were, you know, other countries would not sell to. Yeah. And, you know, uh, the selfish take here in 2023 is like, uh, thank God Italy and thank God Spain didn't get caught up in it the way that Germany did because, uh, oh, man. I mean, uh, imagine if Rome got bombed the way that, like, what was the place? What was the Dresden? Like, the, the Dresden got bombed. Yeah. Uh, or, or Spain, which I want to visit Spain so bad. Spain is, is I well, you, these places, they didn't get wrecked like Germany did. Or I imagine like Poland and Eastern Europe did. Whatever happens in any future global war, we just like um, Italy, you can't participate. Uh, Italy. So they, they probably won't mind. Gr- <laughs> the track record is not great lately. I mean, Greece was the other one. I mean, Greece was obviously, I mean, it, it was in the war. It was the Nazis conquered it. But, I mean, you know, they weren't like bombing the, uh, oh God, the Acropolis or anything like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. They had a rough time on that island. What do we talk? Which island? Which, which island? Crete? Uh, we have a friend, his family was on that island. Everybody there is, is uh. like a gun nut. 
Uh, yeah, Crete, Crete, right? Yeah, 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 yeah Crete. Crete. Yeah, they had a rough time on that on Crete, and they had to like totally uh, revamp all their Fallschirmjäger stuff because they got wrecked there. <laughs> Do you guys have you guys seen Captain Ron, the movie from the eighties? No. Uh, great, like you know, dumb movie, but great movie to watch. And there, and I can't think of Crete without ever uh, thinking of this one line. He's he, uh, it's Kurt Russell's walking around with this beautiful woman. And Martin Short says to her, I just I want you to get out of here with that Cretan. And Kurt Russell says to him, She ain't a Cretan boss, she's a Puerto Rican. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ramones used to sing about Cretans like I, I like I think on Crete they they Good. jumped with their um their guns were in crates in on a separate uh parachute and um they they lost like their their guns got parachuted a couple of miles away from where the Nazis landed, and after that, that was when they started. Um, they gave them like small collapsible oh, guns. I, like it's it's. I don't want to dig too deep in the weeds, but like when you think about that, paratroopers were like brand new. That 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 wasn't the first time it had happened in combat, but it was close. Like they didn't know any of this stuff, and well, we they actually were like they were like the technology of the Battle of France, right? No. Well, that's how like they that's how they got like uh, all they captured all those like uh, hard to capture locations in Belgium and the Netherlands using parachute guys. No, they just. Do you mean uh, when we invaded? Or no, you, the Germans. No, they just they went they bypassed the defenses by going through the Ardennes. Well, there was all this talk of commandos. And commando troops were used in all these things, which was the- well. There, there were some, but like they weren't decisive. And I think they weren't. They weren't. They weren't decisive. No, and they pretty much after World War II, people came to the agreement that, with the understanding of war the way it is, that paratroopers aren't really even a good idea. That it wasn't really. They didn't really pan out. Even like our use of it in the invasion of France probably wasn't really worth it. And that sucks. That sucks because like it's cool. Jumping out of air like guys jumping out of airplanes cool, but it they don't they're not really like the Russians supposedly used them in the U, in the Ukraine to try to take that airport, but I think they even they weren't jump I don't think they were jumping out as paratroopers. They were like in helicopters and light vehicles and stuff. Like they're airborne. My grandpa wanted to uh wanted Hell to yeah. do that. And, of um, course, because it's cool. I'm not saying it's not cool, it's awesome. Yeah, well he was like Obviously, uh, he was a boat captain back here, and um, so he's like, "Oh, I need to," you know. He he did everything he could to get to do that, and then like uh, as he's going to become a parachute guy, they figured out he was a boat captain, and he <laughs> sent him to, and uh, there's not me like that's a that's an in demand skill, and they sent him running boats in what's that city in Italy where you they have boats Venice. and stuff? Oh, Venice, 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 yeah. Oh wow. He's running boats in Venice. That's a lot better than being a paratrooper, you know, uh, hanging out in Venice rather than <laughs> jumping into into Batstone and freezing your toes off. Not if you're 17, 18, or whatever. You That's know what a mean? good point. That's a good point. You want to you want to meet them frawl lines in uh, <laughs> <laughs> in Berlin. The dream is dead. All right, next story, a little bit lighter hearted. From NBC, conservatives took over a Colorado school board and then adopted a right-wing group's social studies program. 
They refused to reapply for grants to pay for school counselors, and 40% of the high school's professional staff won't return again next year. So what, what happened was uh, there were, uh, the city or the county or whatever uh, elected a slate of conservative school board candidates. They won, and then they did the things they said they were going to do when they won. And it, it, this is, it's funny because the NBC reports on this like it's some kind of uh, fascist coup or whatever. Like this is how they, how always how they react to democracy when it happens and it doesn't pan out the way they like it. The here's a money quote. These sweeping shifts were taken from the MAGA playbook, designed to catch opponents off guard, according to a board member's email. Divide, scatter, and conquer. Trump was great at this in his first 100 days. You know what's funny about this too, by the way, is they mentioned the 40 percent of the staff not returning. Like, oh, what a what a loss for these guys. It's not panning out. But that's. I think that's exactly what they would want. Wouldn't you, if you took over a school district, want at least 40% of the people to not come back? So that's, you know, there's this sort of idea that like, this like is pervasive through a lot of other areas politically right now. So there's this idea that there, you have this class of people who have to be running things or else everything will fall apart. But you know, the truth of the matter is like, you can just get rid of them and just find, you know, reasonably competent people that can tie their shoes, you know, I'm not saying anybody, but just, you know, like I said, if you can tie your shoes, show up to work on time, all that kind of stuff. And they'll probably do the job well enough without the weird ideological stuff. The town I live near has this as a, I guess it's been a problem my entire life and it will continue until the day I die too. Luckily, I don't live in the borders of the town, so I don't have to deal with these people. But like the people who run for council and mayor and stuff, they're not normal people. They're people who want to be mayor and city council when it's not really a, a, a job that pays well or prestigious. They want, you know, they want that power, no matter how stupid it is. And when they get it, they just start screwing things up. A, because they're, 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 most of them are dumbasses. But, and also B, just because that's all you can really do in a job like that. And this is the same way with these, with these, <laughs> the school system entirely if if we if you go back to have well and i won't maybe this is naive but i i still maintain that if you went to school you know in the 80s or whatever your average teacher was not an ideologue in the sense like he was probably a lady who was on her way to getting married or had been married a few years and she probably was she she probably wasn't going to stay in that career forever and if she was, you know, it was in this, in the, it, she wasn't the main breadwinner, right? That, that wasn't really what she was there for. She wasn't there to change the world. She liked hanging out with kids, she liked teaching kids. And, you know, she went home to her own children, her husband. I don't know that that is the same experience today. Oh, I, I, we have I, to, we have to do another story tonight, remember? Because we have to do the, the story on how to fix this. But, Hey, hey, our 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 boy, <laughs> Sicily boy, <laughs> a good friend of the podcast, points out, and he know he would know because of his employment. When they say forty percent professional staff, that means people who aren't teachers. They they're not firing the teachers; they're firing the useless ass NGO people, the administrators, the consultants, the counselors. We had a great school counselor when I was a kid. He was like a um, bodybuilder back when that wasn't a big thing. Wow. The thing that was cool about mine is it was a guy you would look up to. So that helps a lot. Well, yeah. And, uh, he's he's, he's yeah, the only, yoked. Yeah, the only run-in I had with him was he 
told me when it was time to start wearing deodorant. <laughs> That's part of the job, though. And that's like, you know what? I'm, that's like mm -hmm. if you're a middle school counselor. Yeah. Was, Hopefully, uh, middle school. <laughs> no, it was like this day. I was a beast. Um, that's true. That's <laughs> yeah. So that, it, that anyways, uh, by the way, we have a fact check on you. Fact check. Um, Bogus, right? They took some very important Dutch fort by landing on it and tossing grenades down their pipes. Yes, that's a battle of Fort Eben and Mail. This was yeah, a battle bet between Belgian and German forces. It took place in the 1940s, part of the Battle of Belgium. Uh, an assault force of German paratroopers, Balsam Jaeger, was tasked with assaulting and capturing uh, a Belgian fortress whose strategic position and strong artillery emplacements dominated several important bridges over the Albert Canal. And this battle was a strategic victory. And it talked about that this was like a, a big win for the What was the date? What was the date? May about 10th, 1940. Okay. All right, so it was part of the invade, part of the invasion of France. All right, yeah, this was like this was the the most important like fort to uh, get control of the, the crossing to France. Okay, and basically uh, they used gliders and parachutes. They just they got they parachute on top of the building and the the guys defending it. It was super well defended. They just didn't even know what to do. Six right. killed Germans, a hundred killed uh, Belgians. Yeah, I mean, knocking off that storied and powerful Belgian military. Yeah, fact checked. Okay, I'll accept that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's let's do the um the thing about this, and we're not gonna do Bud Light tonight. But there's another Bud Light story that says like things are getting worse for Bud Light and Bud products in general. <clears throat> I mean, I don't know if this is like an anti take, but like the thing about that is that there's a lot of people on Twitter or like you know Matt Walsh's and stuff that are like. Taking uh, credit for it. Yeah. But we're in a victory lap. The, they shouldn't be. They're like the, you know, we're in day 29 of the official uh, Matt Walsh. Um, what do you call it? Uh, boycott. Boycott of Bud Light. Yeah. And Matt Walsh hasn't exactly. And I don't know if it's Matt Walsh, but it's people like that. They're like the word, the word, the boycott is still on. I have not called it off yet. It's still on. It is still officially on as of this date. And my demands haven't been met by Budweiser. Okay, this is fake. There is like, and this is like this story. Donald Trump didn't do this stuff at this this school. Uh, Matt Walsh didn't do this stuff. Bog Beef didn't do this stuff. Uh, ben Shapiro didn't do this. The people did it. <laughs> thousands and thousands of frat boys in unison saying, "Nah, I miss me with that gay shit." <laughs> the people in that story we just read about this, the school, they just did that. Because they care about their kids. The people in this story, you know what it is? It's like he said, like uh, the, the biggest pointer is that the draft beer sales is down way more than bottled beer. So what's happening is that like guys at bars are like, hey, you don't want to be gay. Don't buy the Bud Light. Or if you buy, if you bought the Bud Light, well, what are you gay, dude? That's gay. Don't buy the gay beer. Well, someone in in our in our mentions after the first time we talked about this said that he was at like the local Eagles <laughs> club, which is like that's that's based by itself, just being there at the at the at the Airy Lodge, whatever. And is that like said, the Amvets or whatever? No, that's like it's uh, like the Moose or the Elks. Oh, the Moose, yeah, yeah. yeah we, we got we got them all over Florida. Maybe. Well, never mind. I didn't know if the moose was actually national or just regional. Yeah, it's like the moose. If you know what the moose lodge is, it's the same thing. And although it's a little, I don't know, here the, 
the Moose Lodge was like a kind of a step up on the ladder from the Eagles. It was like the Eagles is kind of the gritty place. <laughs> anyway, the point was, he said that the, an old guy walked in with one of his old guy friends and said, this is like a man who enjoys the Bud Light. And they all started laughing and they ordered cores. Like, you yeah. know, that, that, that's what happened. That's, that's how this happened. It had nothing to do with Matt Walsh. Yeah. Budweiser's weird because it's brewed with someone, Carl Shambring stuff, it's brewed with rice instead of hops or whatever. It's like a nickel cheaper. Uh, it's, you know, the people in these situations buying this, they're not, it's not like buying a Mercedes Benz or a T bone steak. It's, you're at the bar and it's kind of like these quick interactions that, that are like, they're not super well thought out. And it's just like, hey, you want Miller or uh, just get the course. It's not gay beer. That's it. There's, it's not like, this huge thing. It's not like uh, let's check in, checking in on Matt Walsh to see if the the official, uh, the official uh, boycott storm. It's just sort of people just doing it. And so these stories like this, these people in that story, or more importantly, people in this the school story. These are the customers that, if you're a right wing politician, you should be seeking out these people and you should be asking, what do you want? You you clearly want things, and you are the best among us. And you you you're not like you you're you're fired up. And so, how can we help you? How can I help you? Do you want fries with that? <laughs> it, this you know I don't know if you saw this interaction with a great politician, Kentucky politician Thomas Massey, who like a week ago, I was lavishing praise on him for being one of the only politicians that stood up to the ATF on the pistol brace band. Mm -hmm. A lot of things. He's been the only guy. He was, he was the only guy holding up the bat flu uh, laws when they were being passed. He was like a national villain for a minute for that. And what I didn't understand about this is so I thought, wow, you know what? You know, I don't know if you got like, so I, the only politics I've talked about with normies in the past, like month or two is the pistol brace band. Every guy in the South, we all know about it. What are you going to do? You going to register. You're going to just gonna keep, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. I mean, I talk about that with normal ass people, strangers even. And, you know, so I thought, well, he's just serving his customers. And then this week, the concept of E-Verify comes up. Gosh, I like that E-Verify. I don't know if you've ever talked about random people that uh, in businesses, they can't hire illegal immigrants anymore. That'd be awesome, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Now, I remember, I don't know everything in the world about it. I just know that'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. That'd be cool. Man, we could get, get some of these jobs back. And um, this concept came up on Twitter, and he got very philosophical. He said, did you know if you did E-Verify, this could be a way that backdoor China could, we could have a Chinese. Uh, no, he, he said that this is the way the U.S. government could uh, create their own social credit system, not China. He wasn't accusing yeah. China of doing it. He was saying that your the, your government could use this against. He, I mean, he, I mean, he's wrong about that because it because they, I mean they have to check this shit anyway. Like all E-Verify does is it prevents people from using like fake documents to get employment. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't help. Like he's basically saying like, oh, well, if E-Verify, then like Joe Biden could put you on a list and then you're unhirable. Like that's that's his concern. Do you follow what I mean? Yeah. And see, you know, my issue with this is that um, the thing is, I don't really care about all that. The thing is, like, where did you hear this? Because I bet you didn't hear it from your constituents. 
And like, that's the problem. You got to listen to them. Well, because like, I guarantee, like, with all this shit that happened at that school, all them things that people are doing at that school, I don't think a guy in DC would have done it that way. You know what I'm saying? I'll be devil's advocate for the, the thing that he said. The last sentence was the most important. He says, believe what you will, but it will have little impact on legal immigration into this country. And I can, I can understand that, that argument. He's saying you can't ju- that you, that this won't work because the people who are in charge of the country want them to come in. Like they're sending the army down there to help them come in. Did you see like, what his next response was? What was it? He said, I don't think we should ban legal immigration. He would not suspend legal immigration. Yeah, and I was just mm. like, like as soon as he said that, I knew we were like he was being defensive and and he was just like you know he was kind of reacting because people got on because it's like oh you wouldn't well, you know when did this come up you know I, I wasn't going to ban all legal immigration you know I wasn't going to do that well who asked you to bro why would you why would you <laughs> like that? you know what I mean chill out that's yeah. all we were talking about. It's not like that ever got on the effing table. So these guys, like, uh, you know, d- stop being philosophical and do what your customers want. That's what you got to do. Uh, unfortunately, I mean, they might be, and their customers being the people, the, the people who donate money to them. <laughs> like that, that's, I, I, for, for, you know, you can, whatever reason, and I still, you still haven't had it. I've, I've seen a lot of speculation just, the unifying principle of all the elite people in the United States today is we God, we have to get everybody everybody from the third world in this country tomorrow. It, it, they just they're in complete agreement on that. And like if if you if you dissent from that even a little bit, you can instantly become like a you know a Trump tier politician. That's what that's how he did it. You know, I yelled at you know that guy who's like a navy martyr maid. <clears throat> mm-hmm. You know, he had a comment that he was like um you know, you should just don't even worry about uh, immigration because it's they're never going to restrict it. Now, I I got mad at that, but it's like I'm not that far away. Like, because like the thing is, first off, when we see like when the first time that there's a Western state that somehow figures out to get this under control, we need to all sort of like, uh, you know, do a roundup on that model, and like all of a sudden, like. Uh, that would be a lot of electricity, and like we know, like right now, it's very unclear how like we could actually get our right wing politicians to fall through on this concept. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I I under like I understand what he means by that. Like I was I to I had a similar thought earlier today when I was looking over some news stories we we're going to talk tonight. It's like you just there's no there there's nothing there's nothing that shows that there's any interest to do this or it'll ever happen or that it will be allowed to happen. And a lot of people say that, well, you, you, this is the only thing you, this is the only thing that really matters because the country's gone after like something. They said 15,000 people a day were crossing last in the last few days. I don't know what the numbers will be at the end of the year, but like if, if that pace kept up where, you know, the millions of people are going to cross every year. Yeah, they're right. It, it if only after a few years your your country doesn't exist anymore. You're just something totally different. And I don't I, I don't I see no will to change that. Trump was in power for 4 years and you know, I'm not saying that I, he was a dictator and he could just do whatever he wanted, but he didn't really even try. Not really. Uh, other than what Title 42, right? That was pretty much that was his 
his big move was to use bat flu as an excuse to turn some people back. I don't see it. If the if the guy who ran on illegal immigration didn't do anything about illegal immigration, nobody's gonna. I did that. What, whatever, whatever will, whatever comes after that is not going to be typical political solutions that we're accustomed to. One way or the other, it's just not. There's nobody you can pull the lever at the voting booth for who's going to stop this. And even if they did, I, I, I don't know. We we we've been we've been in this situation in the past, and they did pull back from the brink. You know, in the early in the early twentieth century, and and restrict immigration and stuff. But I don't know the di- different, very different vibe today. Yeah, I don't know. All right, let's do it. Let's do the last story. <laughs> Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen on Sunday called the possibility of evoking the 14th Amendment a constitutional crisis after President Biden left the option open amid stalled debt ceiling talks. There's another debt ceiling crisis. Within a, within a month or so, we will we will pass the debt ceiling unless they unless they raise it or cut spending. I mean, actually, they have to raise it no matter what. That, that right now the Republican position is we'll only raise it if you cut spending. Once we reach that point, we're going to run into more, sequ- more sequestration and eventually possibly default. Last week, kind of our agreement, I think, was that the Republicans will probably cut. But even if they don't, now the president of the United States, who has repeatedly said that he is not going to negotiate on this, he, he, you, you either pass the, the debt ceiling increase with nothing else attached to it or... He's going to find a way around it. One of the ways is using the 14th Amendment, which has a clause about, uh, about debts in it. Fredo, do you, as a, as, a, as a man of the law, do you, can, can you explain this in, in uh, English? Yeah, so the 14th Amendment obviously comes after the Civil War. It says the debts <laughs> of the United States shall not be questioned. No one knows what that means. Uh, in like a practical sense, right? Like how, right. That would be, how that would actually be applied. No one's ever tried before. So it's the answer is totally no idea. Like if that goes to court, they can make it mean whatever they want it to mean. Just And it's at least enough grounding for him to just ignore that. The thing is this, it's at least enough of a colorable argument that it allows him to just ignore the debt ceiling and do what he wants. And then, you know, months and months and months and months later, by the time like a, a lawsuit works its way through the system, it's at that point, it's almost like who cares, right? Yeah, much like the 14th Amendment also created the previous problem we talked about, which is that the, 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 the clause that says anybody who was born in the United States is a citizen of the United States, which was intended to make uh, freed slaves, American citizens by default suddenly became birthright citizenship, a.k.a. why those people are crossing the borders to begin with. Because if they, if they get across here and they have a kid, they get to stay forever. The child is now a citizen. It's going to be hard, if not impossible, to deport the parents. And the, the kid itself is as American as apple pie. Amer- if, if someone from Guatemala shows up across the border and has their child the next day, that child is, is just as American as you are. Are you separating families? <clears throat> yeah. A lot of the Western Hemisphere nations have, I don't know a lot, some of them have birthright citizenship. It's kind of a, a doctrine that 
worked well for like these these wide open countries that w- wanted people to come in and and, and fill them out. Like when you had a low density a, a low density uh, low density country that was you, know, you like usually post colonial like like every country in the Western Hemisphere, it wasn't necessarily a bad move. In 2023, it hits a little different. It's, it's such a ridiculous concept. Like <clears throat> I could get knocked up. I'm planning a trip to, to Euro Disney like eight and a half months from now. And, you know, like uh, become French. Yeah, I mean, there's actually an industry around that. So rich people, the most common places, I don't know if this is still the case due to the geopolitical situation, but commonly like, you know, 10 years ago, there were travel agencies in China and Russia that specialized in Set if you were like a rich Chinese or Russian person and your wife was pregnant, would specialize in setting up a family vacation for you to the United States to make sure your kids were born there while you were on vacation and would be citizens. Yeah, you go see Epcot, the Magic Kingdom, and become an American. I'm just looking that at the, makes no sense. I'm just looking at the map, and actually, it seems like every nation in the Western Hemisphere has it one way or the other. Aside from like the, colon- the colonial holdings of European countries, but with one exception, Haiti does not apparently have birthright citizenship. You can't just go to Haiti and pop out a kid and become Haitian. You got you got to work for it. It's pretty based. Haiti does have that. We need to adopt that. We also need to adopt that thing Haiti has, where everybody in Haiti is legally black. <laughs> Mexico has that too, by the way. Uh, everyone in Mexico is legally a mestizo, which just means mixed European and Indian. That like yeah. there's no they they did that in the 1920s. There the only there's there are like minor exceptions. If you don't even speak Spanish, like if you're so like Indio that you only speak some native language, there is like a classification for you. That's not a very large number of people. Everyone else is just legally considered effectively like your race is mexican basically yeah it's um i mean that would that would end a lot of our bs here like obviously this is something that um something we've talked about Ataturk sort of did a good job modernizing his country one of the things he did was like you're all you're all the turks now yeah yeah you're mountain turks <laughs> yeah they're like no we're juice he's like nope you're, you're turks uh we're all turks now we're all buddies <laughs> we're all one big family the only one that would be hard to swallow is if, um, you know, to to have national unity, you had to change the alphabet. Oh man, I'm an old man. I don't know if I could. I don't know if I could do a new alphabet. Yeah, I don't want none of them squiggles above my letters. I'm not going to do that. Just got to deal. <laughs> just to deal with it. Yeah. The, the the other option, the president can also make a a novelty trillion dollar coin and just flick it into the Federal Reserve, and and boom, this this whole thing solved. They would yeah. lose that shit. It's my panhandling and and the president, the senile president gives it to the the Michael Jackson impersonator and he becomes the richest man in the world. Like the new, oh, that would be a good 80s uh, 80s comedy movie premise. Yeah. Brewster's Million. Old Rome, someone will file off a little little cut out of it. Uh, (laughs) But, sorry, we have to do one more story. DeSantis will sign a bill nixing teacher automatic teacher union automatic pay deductions. This is going to lead to more take-home pay for teachers. This is the most base <laughs> thing I've ever heard. 
I, I mean, this is like if if he gets away with this, this is amazing. Is it like so? Uh, this this like this is this is patriarch politics. This is like because I know when I talk about patriarch politics, there's a lot of conservatives that get queasy and they say I don't really want to do stuff like that. Well, what can you do? Well, if you don't want to do stuff that I say, the thing you could do is sort of like negative do what I say to them. You can sort of lessen their streams of, of patronage relationships. And by the way, real quickly, uh, in one of the last episodes, uh, I did a little thing where I said that um, like smart people were too smart to sort of uh, understand the situation with like uh, Hegel and stuff where they said they're, they're, uh, they were being scientific. And I said it was just because of uh, they got like an extra amount of money for doing that. Uh, now, that's not patronage. The only thing I meant there was like it was very it was like a crude situation. And so that's like if you're really smart, that kind of like solution is not is not uh, satisfying. I didn't mean that was a patronage thing. Sorry, I just had to throw that in there. I, was, I, I winced when I heard that. Lesson. By the way, this is I, I, I don't know. This will get me a lot of heat, whatever. But like this is just another example, like. A lot of governors could have done this. Nobody else did. I've never heard of this like ever happening before, to be honest with you. Uh, and look, I don't know, man. Like in this race that's coming up, people aren't going to like this. But Donald Trump is the centrist establishment candidate. That's how the the things have shaped up now. It doesn't mean like he is in comparison to Joe Biden, but you know, if you're seeing this and you don't think, at least on a comparative basis, that's the case, I don't know what to tell you. People are going to get mad when when the primaries roll around. We start talking about this. People are going to get mad as hell at us. I, I know. I can tell it's going to happen already. It's already kind of happening. People are already fighting over. You know, there'll be somebody who who posts a bunch of articles. You know, and like it's obvious that they're either they're attacking one candidate or defending another. And it's like they this is just primary politics. That's just that's how it's going to be. So everybody should gird their loins because you know uh, uh, un, unless. Like look at timeline wise, like in 2016, Trump like began his candidacy, I believe, in like mid or late June, something like that. So we're still like a month and a half out from the point where somebody would get in the race if they were going to get in it. I mean, you could get in later than that theoretically, but like I would figure if it if it doesn't happen by by June or like early July, it's not going to happen. And things are going to get things are going to get nasty. As for what he as for what he did with this bill here, this is like, pay, like if, if not Patriots one hundred one, it's the the iron law of politics where you you're punishing your enemies. You're gonna make it so they can't auto deduct money for the for the teachers union from the from the paychecks of teachers, and you tell the teachers I'm doing you a favor. Like yeah. you are doing them as individuals. You're doing that by by weakening their or their institution, which is. By the way, exactly what they do all the time. This is this is a good move. This is using your power to do something useful. So this is super patriot. So this is super patriot because uh, now remember the thing about the 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 colleges or whatever that like so uh, the, there's a diff like so there's follow the money, which is a good way to look at politics. But patriot isn't follow the money. Now money matters in patriot, especially when it's like regular and over long periods of time. So. Me giving somebody $5,000 doesn't mean much patronage. If I give them $50 a week for like 20 years, that's very strong patronage. And especially like, like that's just very, very, 
very important, very strong Patriots relationship. And now when you go to the, the, the union, obviously you have this sort of, uh, I mean, like officially the union is supposed to be like this, this thing that's serving these, these teachers, the clients, et cetera. But you know, the thing is it's, it's, uh, it's automatic. And when you say, well, you've actually got to take that $50 and you've got to save it and you've got to not spend it on, on wine coolers or scratch off tickets <laughs> and you've got to send it to the teachers union in green bags. Yeah. And like, that's like, remember not everybody is going to be able to do that. Not everybody in the world has like a lot of people need that extra 50 bucks. You know what I'm saying? It's the same reason why companies want you to sign up in such a way that they auto bill your credit card instead of like sending you an email or a letter asking you to send a check. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Ah, oh, hell, I don't know if I can, you know, I'm not sure if I can do that. And so this, this immediately puts the, their patron and their client into a very suspicious relationship with each other, possibly on the verge of breakup. Some of these people, I don't know if they're going to make their payments and like, what happens? What, ha what happens to these, what happens to that? Like their relationship? I don't know. And like, the thing is all them people, they could love each other, but this, this is a good way to cause mayhem. It's a good way to cause mayhem among each other. This is the thing. It's like, um, you know, every right wing group, like if you, if there was a MAGA group that you could go to and have a meeting like the DSA or something, <clears throat> it would be full of feds and they would want you to know it'd be full of feds. Why? Because it's harder to maintain those relationships when you're suspicious of each other. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, but now, uh, so right now, Nobody on Good Old Boys is getting paid by uh, Trump or DeSantis or RFK or Biden, right? No, but we they can they can pay us. You know yeah. we're at we'll we'll become shills. We absolutely will. Yeah, but right now we're not getting paid by anybody. So I, you can say whatever you want. We, now, so one thing I said that I would do, I said the next time, the because in 2016 there was a Democrat. Bernie Sanders, who said immigration was bad, it was a Koch brothers thing. So I, so I boosted that. So I said that's cool. More people should say that. And I said that at next time a Democrat would say something like that, I would boost it. <clears throat> now I'm not voting for RFK, but RFK said immigration's bad in the yeah. past couple of days. So yeah. he good said for him. That he, he said that President Biden should have closed the borders. Yeah, now, I don't care hey. why he said it. He said a lot of. He, he, said also that the I don't know CIA what's going on there like he's he he's basically like I don't know like so you know because he's saying a lot of good stuff right and he's saying a lot of good stuff that's not necessarily in character for the rest of his career like up until now like some of it is right like his opinions on vaccination have been like a long time long running thing but like there's other things where stuff he's saying now doesn't line up so there's a tinfoil uh explanation here that this is like to you know he's there to divert attention from whether you believe it's divert attention from trump or divert attention from DeSantis or like whatever the case might be and just like peel people off at the margins right that's mm. that's like your tinfoil explanation i'm not saying that's it i just haven't come up with like a non-tinfoil explanation to date as to why he's doing what he's doing because you can't win a democratic primary by talking about stuff that's good. Like you win a democratic primary by talking about stuff that's bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think what's, it's kind of the same reason 
kind of the function of the Republican Party is what he's doing, which is it's K. Well, K. Fabe's going too far because he might not be in on it. But the whole point of this is, yeah, it is a pressure valve. They'll be happy to let some steam blow out of that, and he can talk about vaccines and the CIA killing his his dad and stuff like that. And it won't matter because when they get around to South Carolina, he's going to get his doors blown off. He probably would get his doors blown off in you know Iowa and New Hampshire too. But he's in South Carolina. He's going to do that. And if you can't win the South Carolina primary, if you can't if you can't win that, then you're not going to you're not going <laughs> to be a candidate. Do you know what's actually going to be really interesting if he hangs in the race long enough? He's going to lose Massachusetts, which would have been unthinkable in most of American history, right? Yeah. Where, I, mean, I mean, since his family has been around, just because America used to be a localist thing. Like the idea that someone who was as powerful locally as the Kennedys were in Massachusetts could not only lose, but not even come close to winning just shows how nationalized everything has become in our politics. Like, and it just, to, to I, one of the more interesting things that in this regard that happened on God, I don't know. I think it was election night of 2020 that obviously was not a major story because the, you know, the, 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 the <laughs> national presidential election. Right. But Boston elected its first mayor that was not born in new England or Ireland. Uh, I think believe in the history of its entire like career as a city, they, they elected some terrible, uh, like, I don't know if she's literally DSA, but like DSA type woman, which is not, you know, the mold that Boston politicians had been in. Cause it just showed, I think it just showed how, like how transient a lot of these places have cities have become a, and then B just the, the, the down, the death, I guess, of like politics as a local affair, which doesn't mean someone can't resuscitate it with the right moves. My yeah. best friend when I was in my twenties was a uh, Boston Irish Catholic. And, you know, I asked him about like, you know, all the, the Boston stuff. And he's like, well, you know, all my family's gone. They all left. Uh, it's yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, in this case, he's, he is doing a primary challenge to an incumbent, which makes, does make a difference. If, if this was 2028, yeah, I, but, I, I don't but, think that they were. When Ted Kennedy, when Ted Kennedy did that, didn't he win Massachusetts? I don't have that in front of me, but like, <sighs> I, I can't believe he didn't. If he may, if he went that far into the primary, I don't, I'm probably <clears throat> off on my history. here. I don't but. remember, but I know that, they, that you know, his, his candidacy in 80, Scared Carter, and as it should have, and, and, and I don't think that Biden's going to be scared of RFK. Like for the a lot of the reason that you said, like this, the the certainly the Democratic Party has moved on from from that political coalition, and even even New England has. Well, it's been a good thing to talk to Kerry about, wouldn't it? Yeah. So here's the deal with RFK and DeSantis. So both, by the way, so De- DeSantis. If RFK wanted to win, if you want to win the Democrat primary, you got to, You need to call Jim Clyburn. You got to call Jim Clyburn. And you got to start offering him the world. That's what you got to do. Can't. He can't. He, he can't because there's no reason for Jim Clyburn to deal with him. Well, I, I, mean, love, I love Clyburn's uh, take on this in, uh, in 2020. Yeah, he, or, said, he said Sanders didn't call me, but that's bullshit. I don't believe that. <laughs> I, that's, I, that's a base thing to say, though. It's yes. It's not that I don't believe that Sanders didn't call him. It wouldn't have mattered. Sanders couldn't offer him the things that he wanted. Biden can, and and, and 
RFK is the same way. Okay, but here, okay, here's the deal with these two guys. Now, I think that so both of them are way behind in polls and stuff, right? But yeah. But the, the thing that makes them relevant, I think, is that they're both running against guys who are really old. Mm-hmm. And I don't like what like what is the chance that both Trump and Biden live to November 2023? Uh, Actually, I, I mean, I think like very high. I mean, they they seem to like have I think Joe Biden just has a staff of nurses and doctors literally following him around 24 seven. You know what I mean? And if you've got that going on, like they could pump you full of shit to keep you alive for a long ass time. Uh, and Trump uh, probably doesn't have that, but I, I don't know. He just has that, that vigor, that vibrancy. It hasn't left him yet. You know what I mean? Okay. But remember uh, there's, there's actuarial, uh, actuarial tables. And I was one just trying to look that up. One guy's 80, one guy's 76. And so it's not, like it's not like ninety nine percent that both of them live to November twenty twenty. Okay, not, so not quite. But here's the thing: before you read the numbers, Merrick, let me just say this: those actuarial tables are population wide. Like, right? I both know. Trump and Biden are going to be at the extreme, extreme outliers of the actuarial data. But go ahead, Merrick. If you are eighty years old and you're a man in the United States, and this is av- like as Fredo said, this is average. You have basically a six percent chance of dying before the next the next year passes. Six, you said six percent. Uh, six percent. Yeah, and which means for I mean honestly, Bog, it might be ninety nine percent. Which if it's six percent population wide for Donald Trump and Joe Biden, I, it's not a stretch to think it's only one percent. Trump is younger, so it would be more like five or four. But you know, I, 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 you can't say. It, but like, yeah, it's not impossible. So only, just, just having your foot, in, you're having your hat in a ring. Yeah. There's only two things in this world that are certain. There's death and taxes. And when the Lord is ready for Joe Biden or Donald Trump, they will be dead. They will not live forever. And there is a, both of these people have like, even if they have 0% chance of winning the primary, they have a good chance that their opponent will either get sick or die. Until and like, remember, this is like this isn't like a five percent chance to become the county commissioner. This is a five percent, like, uh, five percent, like RFK. Obviously, being the I think being the Democrat would be it gives you a better chance to be president. We both agree on that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. By the way, I mean, what could happen too is like Biden doesn't die, but you mentioned being sick, but something happens where he's like literally no longer able to speak at a coherent level, even to what we consider coherent for Joe Biden today. But that's not necessarily fatal to his campaign. Fe- they got Fetterman over the finish line is yeah. basically a vegetable. After so, Fetterman, like to me, it's like, I, I there's no limit. If he, 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 that guy went on TV and basically drooled and they voted for him. And, and I don't, and I don't, I don't blame the voters. I'm not mad at them for that because like I, when, when this, when that happened, a lot of people around me were improvement. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of the people around me were talking about, like, can you believe they did? And I said, yeah. And I, now we'll just do this little thing. I say, if you had a choice between, you know, uh, Barack Obama and Donald Trump, but Donald Trump had brain damage, which one would you vote for? And it's like, yeah, you're going to vote for the person who aligns with your politics no matter what. And so I, I don't blame them. But the point is, they know now it doesn't matter. 
You could you remember how in the the, uh, the old school Star Trek they had like Captain Pike in that big like uh, like mobile wheelchair thing that went all the way up to his neck. It was like a big like like almost like a coffin with the with the head open, and he's just rolling around, drooling, beeping to talk to people. I was, gonna say, I was gonna say Krang from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. They that, much <laughs> less nerdy reference. Yeah, like you can just be that, and and, and it's fine. It's perfectly fine as long as you have a pulse and the backing of the political machine. You're fine, and they know this now. So even if he's in a coma, they'll just you know they'll just keep David. They'll just keep his phylactery in Fort Knox. <laughs> Thank you. I was feeling I was feeling a little self conscious about my nerdy reference, but you. He doubled down on it for me. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I think either of these guys could die. Uh, and so uh, that that makes them a player. Remember, this is we've never ever had people this old running for president ever. This is why, like, being the vice president didn't mean shit when you were running when you were behind a guy that was like fifty five. I don't know if RFK has a future in 2028 because one thing he's old too, but also just, I just don't know if he has a place in the party anymore. Well, like, he, this, he is kind of a throw, like part of this stuff is kind of a retro thing, right? He's, he's kind of like a throwback to like 90s right. stuff. Right. But I mean, DeSantis does. And uh, people are really trying to overreact and, and like, you know, saying he's got to say if he's running or not, or he's, you know, this is a, a big deal for him. It's really not. If he doesn't run against Trump, Next time he's going to be what 40, 43, 44, something like that. He's going to be a young guy for for the next two or two election cycles. Compared to these two geezers, he'll be one for like four. So he, he he's he's in a position to just decide if you're going to jump in or not jump in. But ha- having your foot half in and half out ain't bad under the circumstances that you laid out. Just see what happens. If, by the way, imagine if Trump runs again in 2028. That would be wild. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's yeah. not impossible. I'd like to I, I know. It, it, like, well, I think like William Jennings Bryan ran like 10 times. It's a, nah, that's exaggeration. But he ran like over and over and over again. That would be a night. If he ran, if he ran again and got the nomination and lost and then ran again and got the nomination again, I would be like... I don't I already don't have much faith in the Republican Party as like being able to do anything. At that point you just have to say, yeah. This is not a like whatever we're doing here is like a meme or something, right? It's not it's not it, it's kind of the thing that Yarvin always talked about, you know, if the formalism where you just you know, retire the Republican Party and stop pretending that you're opposition. That's what that would be at that point. Yep. Is that too harsh? I don't think it is. I don't know. Depends on if any of these guys got some GOB money coming. <laughs> That's right. And with Tucker on Twitter now, there's someone in chat pointing out that the, the GOB to Tucker pipeline is going to be more efficient than ever. Yeah. I don't know. One thing that was like, so I have some, on his little man, his little uh, manifesto, someone had a great comment. They said this was like the, this was like the opposite of a, of a hostage video. You know what I mean? It's like a ransom demand. Is that what it is? Like the opposite of one. Like instead of being under pressure, he's like under no pressure. Yeah, yeah, of course. He, like he, he's been freed. If if yeah, if for the next few months he's still in the catbird seat until you know. Well, one there, thing, there's a limit on this. Well, one you, thing people I, forget about you eventually. I thought about his little statement was that um, it wasn't like there was a lot of like uh back and forth sort of we wasn't 
clear who the voice of Tucker Carlson was for a while. Like it was like it was possible because of like he's been in the game a while, and then there was like uh, a specific voice he had on the Tucker Carlson show for the past couple, like three years or whatever. That mm-hmm. like is this him or is this a writer? Writer. And I think it's obvious that uh, from his statements that he's made in the past day or two, either either his writers are still with him or that was him. You know, uh, he still he has still had the same. Uh, it, it wasn't like a different guy. It wasn't like a different writer was right was was saying the stuff he was saying. Yeah, and uh, if he if he has much control over his show as it was portrayed, the writers that he picked are the people that he wanted. You know, to, to be to be doing that, so it's kind of a chicken and egg thing at that point. Well, and I mean, here's evidence of that too. He had the Fox Nation show, right, where he kind of had the ability to do more long form stuff, and there was less scrutiny on that, right? You know what I mean? It wasn't on television. He, he had more freedom, and he not like he went even <laughs> further in the direction, uh, you know, away from the mainstream than he even did on the regular show. He was so having think, people of our Twitter sphere on his on his show yeah. for Tucker Carlson today. Yeah, right, exactly. So I mean, I think that shows where his heart lied. Yeah. Well, yeah. hey, you know, this is the thing about Twitter, and this is why I you know, people can complain about Elon Musk all they want. Buying that platform, I don't know if he realized this when he bought it, you're buying a megaphone that you can point to the people. And Trump, is a, Trump you need to get back on Twitter right now. I, 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 I don't understand why. When the campaigning season starts, he needs to get back on Twitter. If Tucker Carlson can use that megaphone for his own devices... I saw before. Right, 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 I looked. I looked this up when you were talking about his Twitter deal, and the first thing was like Media Matters saying, "Like this is terrible. We can't. Who are we going to complain to to get him fired now? Like Elon Musk doesn't care. Who, how do how do we stop him from saying things we don't want him to say? That's that is still a big deal. If it wasn't, they wouldn't go to all this trouble to stop you from doing it. Yeah. Uh, so. I, I don't know. One thing I saw a good tweet going around um, from the podcast. He he posted a tweet that said Elon has done exactly what Curtis Yarvin in 2022 came on the Good Old Boys and sort of laid out what Elon should do with Twitter. And Elon has done that now. And like now he has like talked the fact check thing is straight out of Yarvin's playbook. That's exactly what Yarvin said. But like first off. Uh, He's like the Elon is the luckiest boy in the world. You know, he he buys Twitter and then the biggest host in the world for free just shows up on his doorstep and says, I'm going to go work for you. You, yeah. you, know, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, uh, the, imagine being Elon and like trying to evaluate your decisions. You're just like, you come up, you, like you come up six every single time. You know what I'm saying? Uh, maybe not with the Grimes thing. Yeah, that was the guys. He was on to the next thing. <laughs> Pump and dump. I, you know the like them doggy if, coins. If we, <laughs> if we <laughs> doggy coin style. If we ever, if we ever talk to the, uh, the Mr. Yarvin again, I'd like to, you know, get in the community notes thing because have you seen how they how they're used? Like you'll see that one of these like AOC will make some stupid ass statement like she always did and I'll have a billion views and then like right below it, it'll be like there's this little box that says nah that's all fucking fake like, that's incredible that's an incredible power and as Yarvin pointed out 
the key is it's not you saying this. It's it's just a box that pops up. This is like the the thing they invented to get you make it impossible for you to talk about like bat flu, uh, V word stuff and, and things like that. Now he turned that completely against them. Every time they make one of these uh, ridiculous statements, boom, here comes the box that pop up and says, nah, it's all, that's all stupid lies. That's incredibly powerful. People like that stuff. They this, pay attention to it. This is, it's so, ju- so one of the things that he had, so like, uh, aqua racer says media matters. will try to get Twitter delisted from the app stores. That's their yep. only move now. So that's not, that's not, Untrue. Now, one of the things that's going for it is that all these people are addicted to Twitter. Yes. All the people that hate him, I mean, Twitter is just like a drug. Like, regardless of whatever it does for you, like, like Twitter has this sort of like uh, dopamine buzz thing. Yeah. Uh, we should talk to. Uh, uh, he he made a funny roast of me today. Uh, Distributus. He had a <laughs> Distributus has talked about this before. That like he's he quits it every now and then, and he. And he, he's like, this is a drug. And like the yeah. thing is, all these people that hate his guts, they're addicted to stuff. And that makes them sort of bad. Uh, they're, they're, they're like less good at attacking Elon because of that. Now, the thing with the community mo- notes is so powerful because like there, there's you don't know how much of Twitter, especially in the dark days, like in the most in the days, you remember they had these interviews with the with the um with the censoring team. And it was just like the most comedically left-wing people you've ever seen. Yeah. And during those days, like every day there was a new viral tweet that would be like the most like insane leftist propaganda. And it would be shared a million, a billion times. There was just like nothing that could touch this stuff. Remember the one about the, uh, woman's. Yeah, this is hilarious. Uh, Remember the one about the guy, the woman, she said her dad was a shrimper and he killed 17 uh, yes. G slurs with a, with a, an, an ax or something like that on a boat. <laughs> yes. Uh, she, he was a grand, he was a grand dragon of the KKK and he killed like 30 Vietnamese shrimpers in, the, in like in Galveston Bay or something ridiculous like that. Yeah. There was one that was about white people eating slaves. Did you remember that one? Yes, I do. And now it's like made into like textbooks and stuff now. And it just came from like somebody wanted to do like a funny like tweet. You know, they just make shit up and they just made it up. They said like, well, uh, this thing, like there's this huge thing in the South that used to be uh, black people were being brought over here to be eaten by white people. White people love eating black people. And like that, like there was just nothing to stop this kind of like insane propaganda. Like because like that tweet was like probably one of the biggest tweets of all time. And like thirty percent of people saw that, and they're they're most people are stupid. They don't know what's you tell them anything. Yeah. <laughs> now all well, we talked about this before, but the HBO version of the Tulsa riots, right? Like that's now the textbook version. Somebody just wrote that for an HBO television show, or like a comic book show, The Watchmen, and now that's just historically what happened. Yeah. Uh. uh Tom Hanks was like talking about the bombing and stuff, and. There wasn't really any moment, like in particular, where he learned that. It's just sort of like everybody believes that now. He has to believe that. Did you see that great tweets that same meme did, where he was talking to, to Chat GPT about that? No, but I was. I, I'm glad you brought him up because he is the he has the best Twitter account on Twitter. He's literally the only person. Like I'll just click on his profile just to see the stuff that he's tweeted in the last few days because it's always it's always gold. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. Just, empathy haver. Um, yeah, 
Yeah, oh. I, I, the only the only person I do that for, like, I just click on. I want to see what did he tweet in the last three days. It's going to be, it's going to be amazing. And, sorry, continue. Okay, so he he had, he had a tweet and he had two questions. And he, so first question is, was it true that Tulsa? This is to Chat GPT. He says, was was it true that Tulsa was attacked with airplanes during the riot? And Chat GPT says, yes, it is true that airplanes were used during the Tulsa race riot in 1920. And this is stuff that uh. Uh, Tom Hanks talked about, I'm like, every leftist started believing this around like 2017, I guess when this TV show came out. Um, I think the TV show, well, well, anyways, and question, and he says, yes, question two. So there is actually no concrete evidence that plans were used, that planes were used to bomb Tulsa chat GBT. Yes, that's correct. There's no concrete evidence that planes were used to drop bombs on Tulsa during the race ride. And then it starts saying that um, uh, there's numerous eyewitness accounts. And then he, he sort of asks the same thing. If he says, are there mass graves? Chat GPT says, yes. And he says, so is there any evidence of this? Uh, no. Yeah. I, I This, by pure happenstance, I knew I had read about the Tulsa race riots a long time ago. So it was it was amazing just watching in real time. The like the NPC is getting a firmware update and suddenly, I, it, it's hard to explain. It would be like if you found out to, if to, tomorrow they just started teaching you that like at the Battle of Bunker Hill the British started eating the dead Americans, right? Like you and you like no they didn't. I, I nobody ever said that you know when I was in school. But it doesn't matter because the the you know, the Zoomers aren't going to know. I guess going back to the subject, this is why it's in, in having a fact check thing that is. But it's community based. It's literally community. It's just regular people. Look at that. I'm part of the uh, the community notes community. I can put a note on people or, or vote on notes and stuff. You can do this tomorrow yourself. It's got nothing to do with the the ADL or the Southern Poverty Law Center. It's just regular people being able to have like the regular people having the veto. I'm not saying it would it would change things irrevocably because they still control the schools and stuff. But it's a big deal. Well, if you can throw a wrench in the work in the in the gears of this machine where they program people, then that that they vanish. Like well, the right right wing way. and left wing are different, right? So remember that story about the school t- the, the 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 thing about the school earlier. None of them people read Twitter. Now, if you go to the leftist thing, leftists are all these like ethnic machines controlled by these like uh, super leftist people. They're all on Twitter. So Twitter is very important for them. This is how they distribute this kind of stuff about like people eating each other and shit like that. And uh, community notes is a big problem for them. They're like, they're already like they're working on this and they won't go quietly. One of the things they've been doing is they're really, really mad about this. Um, <clears throat> there's this, uh, they community noted like this sort of emotional argument that AOC made. You see this? Or maybe it was the the other the Muslim woman in the squad. No, what was the emotional argument? Well, it was just like a picture. Uh, it was just a video of that guy dancing, rapping like right, Michael the, Jackson. Yeah. And the community notes was like, hey, this happened like 12, 10 years ago, and during the actual incident, uh, people, all people were like upset about him. Yeah, so, yeah. When they fact checked AOC, yeah. Yeah, and they're sort of raising unholy hell about this because they're like, wait, we're just sort of like you know, doing straight emotional propaganda here. We didn't actually claim anything, which is a very interesting (laughs) place we're at now. They're not wrong. They won't go quietly. They're going to raise unholy. They're not, they don't like this shit. 
They really don't like this shit. When it comes to this, uh, I got to thought of a friend of the podcast, Prudentialist. He always makes this same statement when these, like, her 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 emotional plea comes up. It's like, this all this all will continue until you're willing to just say to stop her. I mean, you, but by, by, let's say you, I mean we, we. Like, when we're willing to say, shut up, no. You know, you, you don't have, there's no reason for you to have any power. You shouldn't have any say in things. You're... It was never meant for, for for you to have a say in how things work. Shut up. Until that happens, this continues on forever because there's an unlimited well for them. They got a new replacement. Now they got Blue Sky. The last they had Mastodon. Yeah. Blue Sky, Jack Dorsey's he's making a new Twitter. Uh, good luck. I yeah. mean, I guess it's possible, but I don't think so because regular people don't know what the hell Blue Sky is. And they're not going to because their Twitter's around for them to use for free if they want to. Yeah. So, all right, guys. <laughs> we ran late tonight, but this is a good time. Thanks, everybody, for coming out. Good night, y'all. Making their way the only way they know how. Let's just.